0: The doctors couldn't figure it out, but then all of a sudden they turned off the lights and he said, I feel better.
1: And uh, the upshot of it is um, I, I've become light sensitive. <laughs> so and it took me almost a year of going to the doctors to figure out it was the light that was causing me to be fatigued and causing my face to heat up. And uh, it was a it was you know, a nightmare like experience do. for me.
2: Dennis says he's been to 16 doctors and they can't figure out what's wrong with him. I mean, I mean, I'm going to let that stand as a statement. <laughs>
3: He's like, we're going to go on tour and make millions of dollars, but the light wussy over here
0: can't get it together. Welcome to Sticks in the Dark.
3: <laughs> he just comes out with one of those sleep masks. <laughs>
0: You're my lady. Dennis was injured when he fell off the stage because he was wearing a sleep mask.
4: Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
5: It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 66 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The new report says suspected Russian spy Maria Butina allegedly had more high level contacts in the federal government than previously reported. Reuters reports Butina sat in meetings with a Russian official and two officials with the U.S. Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department. The meetings reportedly happened during the Obama administration and focused on U.S.-Russian economic relations. The meetings were organized by Washington think tank, the Center for National Interest, which in 2016 petitioned. President-elect Donald Trump to ease tension with Russia. Court filings last week accused Butina of offering to trade sex for a job at a special interest organization. A new study says replacing vacant lots with open green spaces can boost happiness. Researchers from the University of Pennsylvania found that residents of the state who live near lots with grass and trees experienced a 40% decrease in depressed feelings than those living near unclean, unkempt lots. They also experienced about 60% reduction in hopelessness, worthlessness, and other poor feelings. Researchers say the findings prove that simple, cost-effective structural changes like greening lots can greatly impact overall mental health in all neighborhoods.
3: There was an apartment that I had, like one of my first apartments as a young adult. Me, my brother, and my sister all lived there. It was in Swissville. And I just drove by the house this weekend uh, where the apartment building was. It's condemned and they're gonna rip it down and they're probably not gonna build in that on that spot because it's not a great neighborhood i mean that neighborhood never turned the corner and so it just sucks when you see like these really beautiful houses and then you come to a lot where it's just you know five foot high grass Mm -hmm. so that's that's an awesome project
5: In Minneapolis, Minnesota, 13-year-old Jaquan Faulkner opened up a little hot dog stand in hopes of raising money so he could buy new school clothes. Well, he hit a snag because his business was not officially permitted uh, according to the city, all businesses that serve food to the public have to pass health inspections. Well, word got around, including to the health apart- department. And when people learned the hot dog stand might have to shut down, they sprang into action. City of Minneapolis stepped up, con- uh, conducted the inspection, and allowed him to continue selling hot dogs. And since the minor controversy, more customers have shown up to support his efforts. He's had such a great time and has been so encouraged by his success that he wants to buy a bigger food cart for next summer.
3: That's
0: a nice story.
3: Yeah. It sounds sweet, but really, I mean, you should have a permit. If you're selling street meat, you, you know, you you got to pass some inspections, right? I mean, you can't just be buying hot dogs from somebody out of the back of a van. Well,
1: Maybe that's just my experience. Yeah, it's a kid,
3: I'm, though. I'm projecting. It's a
0: kid trying to fund his way through school. That's great. Get a permit. <laughs> you're a hard ass.
5: A sequel based on the eighties T V series is the week's top movie in the US and Canada, The Equalizer Two, starring Denzel Washington, earned nearly thirty six million in its first weekend, which I don't know what that is, you know, when it's not a blockbuster, but we've had so many blockbusters it's like ugh, that's nothing. Thirty six right. million. Yeah. Big oh, deal. Tank. Mamma Mia it
3: probably didn't take 250 million to make that movie though.
5: Yeah. Uh Mamma Mia not far behind 30 million in its debut weekend. Last week's top picture Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation is in third place. Uh, it sold $91 million worth of tickets since its release 10 days ago, rounding out the top five are Ant-Man and the Wasp and Incredibles 2. City of Seattle is set to honor native son Chris Cornell by erecting a statue of the late Soundgarden and audio slave singer. Last Friday, on what would have been Cornell's 54th birthday, his widow Vicki announced the life-size bronze statue will be unveiled in a public ceremony August 29th. She also revealed she has donated the figure to Seattle's Museum of Pop Culture located inside the Seattle Center next to the Space Needle. Cornell committed suicide in his Detroit hotel room on May 18th of last year. Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top will strike out on his own again with the September 21st release of a new album, The Big Bad Blues. In addition to originals, it includes covers of songs by Bo Diddley and Muddy Waters. The first single is the old Rollin' and Tumblin'. Uh, the Big Bad Blues, which Gibbons will tour behind, is his first album since 2015's Mundo. And finally, the New York cast of the Bob Dylan musical has been announced. Broadway veteran Stephen Boker artists will star in girl from the north country alongside eight-time emmy nominee mayor winningham and glees samantha marie ware Uh, using a cast of british artists the non-biographical show had a pair of london runs in 2017 and earlier this year with a score featuring classics like a rolling stone i want you slow train forever young and the title number girl from the north country is a story of a quote Down on its luck community on the brink of change in Duluth, Minnesota, in 1934. Off-Broadway previews begin September 11th. Forecast today, warm and humid showers and thunderstorms possible. Temperatures today in the mid-80s at 66 at DVE.
0: Well, if you're going to mention Billy Gibbons, you just give me an opportunity to start the show with some ZZ Top, Val.
5: I just I have to do this every six o'clock hour. If there's a band I want to hear, I ne- I need to just put a little news story in there.
0: <laughs> She's learning your way. Yeah, you the TV morning show. Waiting on the bus, and Jesus just left Chicago, headed down to New Orleans. Val, mm-hmm. don't forget that's where Jesus is. Yep, he's in New Orleans. He needs a ride back though. He's probably on the mega bus, which takes a lot <laughs> longer, but it's a lot more comfortable. Very inexpensive though. Jesus likes to go economy. Sure. Cause he gives his rest to the to the to the to the poor. That's right. He's not going to be flying. He's taking. Right. Yeah. You
5: that's know. what we're talking
0: about. That song makes perfect sense. Uh, on the on the way a little bit later on this morning, Stephen Nesbitt from the Post Gazette going to be talking about your Buckos who won't stop winning.
5: Seriously, why don't we have a Bob Nutting color forms thing in here that we can? Take I know.
0: His clothes off. Well, we that's we got to do that today. Well, we have to get him to be naked and put clothes on him. It has to be like the 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 reverse.
1: reverse.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. But we should do it so that he's like spindly legged and like you know not ne- neat. Tidy whitey Yeah, tidy whities, kind of like you know looking like some old dude from the 50s or something like that like who got caught outside getting his newspaper and his robe (laughs) fell off or something like that (laughs) and uh, as they continue to win we'll patch him up only problem with that is if they hit a uh, another losing streak and then we got to sit there and stare at that right yeah I don't know let's just do it or let's just put the body from the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, major league owner
5: and just put his head on top of it it.
0: yeah why not (laughs)
5: sure
3: (laughs) Nine straight, nine and uh, eleven of twelve—it's crazy he, since he uh, since Huntington came out and made that proclamation,
0: ultimatum. You know, somewhere in the back of his head, he's like smiling as they're like finishing up the game, and everyone's like, "Hey, congratulations! You swept the Reds, all right!" And he's in the back of his head, he's like, "Stop
1: winning!
3: <laughs> Stop it!" And he has to go out there and be like, "No, a streak is nice,
0: but you know, good teams win." Like this for months, or a whole year, really. (laughs) Right. We're not a good team, and we don't have enough time to see if we actually are a good team now because it's just too late to get good. That's the rule of baseball. It's only July 23rd. They could add before next week. Trade deadline's uh, eight days. We'll talk with Steven Nesbitt. And how about this? Pittsburgh Pirate, Corey Dickerson will be on the show. 945. (laughs) We'll ask him what he thinks they should do. I have a guess. And I'm guessing it's let's build on this team. That BS that went down with Neil Huntington only served to inspire them. Will it last the whole season? Who knows? We'll find out. Corey Dickerson on the show. 9.45. Living color. And
1: during
5: the moments that we have, like yeah, DVE. there's some rock for Dude, you. Dude,
0: wake up in the 6 o'clock hour with here, Corey Glover, yeah. Vernon Reed, and the other two guys. <laughs> DVE. Yeah, the TV morning show, FDR with the cameo there at the end of the uh, Living Color Cult of Personality. I haven't heard that one in a while, Val. I
1: haven't
0: heard that one in a while.
1: Yeah, about it.
0: Uh, uh, You know, speaking of something you haven't heard in a while, Bill doing another video rewind for you today as we look back on videos that Bill didn't grow up with quite the same way that we did. And uh, we make him jump back into the pool of MTV's (laughs) most often played videos. Today, the assignment I tasked him with, the Cars... You might think.
5: Oh, that's a great video. It is one.
0: It was a groundbreaking video at the time, for sure. Yeah, it was the first time like a lot of that technology had sort of been used, right? And then it kind of like ZZ Top. They kind of a weird thing that happened with videos was the production style of a video would become your hallmark, and you would kind of use it over the course of a couple videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And the last. I can't
3: th- remember. Was
0: was Drive. I,
3: what was the video for Drive?
0: Uh, Drive was remember. very. It was just like a performance yeah. of Benjamin oh, Orr's. Yeah. Like on a stage. Yeah, it was like a live performance. But you might think, and there was another one that. Um,
3: yeah, he's sitting on like a chair in, a, in an empty room or something. Like, who's going? Yeah, something you? like that. Yeah,
0: it's like just under a spotlight. But there. There was another Cars video that used that, wasn't there? Or am I wrong about that? God, I thought they did two or three with that same... Yeah. Which one? Uh, Oh, it's magic. Oh, my God. Those 80s Cars songs are not great, but they were were great pop songs. They didn't stick with me as much as the uh, first uh, two albums did. The Cars first album is awesome. It's like a perfect album. I'm trying to think of
3: what other videos had that kind of effect. I mean, there were a lot of videos were doing
0: Hello again that kind of thing.
5: Hello. God, I don't even remember the video. Hello again.
0: Remember that stupid song? Yeah. <laughs> that stupid song that sold eight billion records. Remember that? Remember that thing that bought him like three houses? <laughs> stupid.
5: He and Paulina Poroskova just got divorced. Shut. Up. I didn't it, was think right ever, it was right after It was right after the induction. Oh, yeah.
0: no way. Rico Kasich and Polina Porsko, which was the most mismatched, hot, not hot marriage in the history.
5: Mm-hmm. They must have been that must uh, have been thirty years.
0: Yes. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm
3: gonna suggest another couple that was together. In my research for this, Mutt Lang and Shania Twain. Oh,
0: yeah, Mutt Lang, not a good-looking guy. Shania Twain, one of the all-time greats. Absolutely and he put her on gorgeous. the sexual shelf, which is to say that, doesn't, uh, that didn't come out the way I wanted it Magic to.
5: Magic is not a video like you might think. It's not. It's just a regular video.
0: All right, well, I stand corrected. Never mind. But <laughs> Mutt well, Lang... No,
3: they, they influenced everybody doing movies going forward.
0: He's done his one. research. Mutt Lang, when he's married to Shania Twain, they joined a religion where you didn't have sex unless you procreated, and then they didn't want kids. And so they just did not have sex. I'd be like, can we spin the wheel and get another religion, please? Because this one does not fit our
3: needs. Why did the cars break up?
0: Um, I don't know. Uh, Benjamin Orr died. Well,
3: he died way... Later than He died 12 years after they broke up They broke up in 88 Bill did all his cars research and um,
5: why don't you know why they yeah, broke up Because well,
3: <laughs> I mean I, I wasn't trying to get too deep it's, I wasn't Like I was just picking up information along the way I wasn't like Did you watch a pop up video?
0: <laughs> no Oh yeah no, I did. You
3: know I was looking I always look for The first thing I look for is
0: Do they have a behind the music? That's really what this is. It's like Bill's pop-up video, but he's like didn't know about it before. And then they don't. They don't have behind the music?
3: Cars do not have a behind the music. There's very little that they did together as a group, like documentary style.
0: They have a, well, there was a decent bio for the Hall of Fame induction, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. But it was by no means like a true behind the music. All right, we got to take a break here. Come back. Mike Pursuta. We'll have your sports, the Buccos. Just keep on winning. DVE Sports. Mike Pasuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Welcome back, Trip.
4: Nice to be back, sports. This is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Pirates have stumbled upon a winning formula. Get good starting pitching, get better relief pitching, and hit the ball over the fence. It worked all weekend in Cincinnati, including again yesterday in a 9-2 to win that completed... A three-game sweep of the Reds. The Pirates are 51-49. and They have won nine in a row for the first time since June the 20th through June the 30th, 2013. That nine-game winning streak also ties the Mets for the longest in the National League this year. The Mets won nine in a row uh, from April 3rd through the 13th. I don't think they've won nine games since. Pirates are back over 500 again for the first time since they were 31 and 30 on June the 6th. And uh, overall, they've won 11 of 12 and 15 of 23. Rip off another piece of bow tie. It's incredible. Yesterday, they jumped on Matt Harvey for a couple of runs in the first inning and four more in the second and wound up breezing. What happened to Matt Harvey? For that 9 2 win. Boy, he was kind of on. That was an audition for him yesterday, too, in hopes of uh, getting to a contender and then uh, maybe doing something for a contender and getting a ridiculously fat-free agent contract. Right. Didn't work out so well for him. Three and two-thirds, eight hits, eight runs, all of them earned, no walks, and two strikeouts. Yvonne Nova went six and two-thirds, five hits, two runs, both of them earned, two walks, and two Ks. Gregory Polanco hit his 17th home run. Corey Dickerson hit his 11th and his fifth in the last four games. He's homered in four consecutive games. Four straight. Starling Marte is 15th, and Sean Rodriguez is fifth and his second on the weekend since coming back off the DL. Sean Rod. When he starts playing, something's going on. Bell's hot. Sean Rod's hot. Everybody's hot. Add to this team. Everyone's nervous. Dickerson has taken to the leadoff spot. Like he was born to hit leadoff. He's hitting for some power now, too. And, uh, oh, by the way, the bullpen in Cincinnati for the three games. Eight and two-thirds innings, six hits, no runs. No walks, 13 strikeouts. That is a winning formula. Just exact words I was going to use. Winning formula, Mike? Yeah. Is it sustainable? Well, we shall see. Do you think they'll add? I mean, I think at
3: the at the very least, this team has deserved, like deserves not to be taken
4: apart and Correct. sold off. I would agree. Uh, Neil Huntington uh, on his radio show yesterday said, quote, We would love to add, Bill. He didn't say Bill, but I'm throwing that in because we're talking here. Right. Um, yeah, I, I figured that. Quote, if there's uh, something out there that makes sense and makes us better, we're absolutely open to that. And then Huntington went on to add, One great two-week stretch is awesome, but the playoff teams play really good baseball for months, if not the whole season. And, yeah, I'm with you. I I don't know that they're uh, enough of a competitive horse to bet on by adding and risking future components to do so, but certainly what they have now seems to be working. Uh, Right now they have enough starting pitching. Right now they have enough bullpen. Right now they have enough bench. See what happens. Because in the off season, you're going to have to think about Mercer and, and Harrison and, and wither, Dickerson. Whether Cervelli's ever going to catch again with the the concussion issues or working him out at first base. He says he wants to stay at catcher. Nova, right? Isn't Nova coming up on his yeah. last year? That, you know, that's, uh, deal with that stuff in the offseason. Deal, uh, deal with the season now because uh, like it or not, the Pirates are competing.
0: If you hear these words... You know, we would have liked to have added, but the reality of it is, we just didn't get people out to the ballpark in the beginning of this year. We didn't oh have God. the revenue to to get it done. We needed to uh, not dilute ourselves, have a fire sale, and just rebuild from the ground up, and hope that our great pirate band face band, pirate fan base, not band face, though they might band no, faces. I think
3: that, that would yeah.
0: Our pirate fan base will show up, and they'll be there from. From the get-go, as we rebuild, yet again. This is, uh, how many rebuilding five-year programs have there been since Cam Boniface? What year
4: was that, 1994 or something like that? I haven't heard it phrased exactly that way in a while. Uh, Here's the reality. As as Neil said a couple weeks ago when he issued that uh, 4-4-isn't-going-to-cut-it and declaration and they've gone on a since. He said, uh, you know, at that time optimism has faded into reality. The reality right now is they're eight games behind the Cubs and in third place. Just the Brewers between the Pirates and the Cubs. But uh, the the more eye-catching number is the wild card race. Uh, The Pirates are now four games behind Atlanta which has the second wild card. And uh, only Arizona and Colorado are, are between Atlanta and Pittsburgh. They were six days ago. So if they can keep this up. The deadline is the 31st. They've got three in Cleveland tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday afternoon. Those will be challenging games. Yes. And then they've got the Mets four at home over the weekend. But the, the, Mets the, are... the
0: die is already cast at that point. They're not going to sit around and wait to see if they can beat the Mets right up to the deadline. Well, but they... you
4: got an off day, and then you got the deadline. So, in fact, they could.
0: So the deadline is next Tuesday.
4: Yeah. And they'll be done with the Mets on Sunday.
0: I don't know. I I think the die was cast when he said that optimism has faded to realism.
4: Well, let's put it this way. If they would, you know, this Cleveland. Because that's quite a thing to say. Cleveland's going to be challenging. Uh, Do you get two out of three there? Do you get one out of three and then take three out of four from the Mets? I mean, it's already already improbable.
3: They've already gone 11 to 12 since he said that. Do you start selling
4: off pieces if you're too out in the wild card race? And if you do, how do you you possibly explain that? You can't. You can't.
0: When you say that you don't have optimism anymore, you are saying, we're done. I don't care how many they win. It's over. They're selling pieces off. The general manager doesn't go out and make that statement unless they've already made a business decision.
4: Well, I don't know. I I think that's... uh... If, why would that, you say
0: it otherwise? To motivate the team? Oh, who gives a rat's ass what the general manager's saying in the press in the middle of a, a losing streak? They, that's not going to
4: inspire anybody, I don't think. Well, if, the, if the team wants to stay together, if the team likes the team, you know, if the players like one another and they think they have potential, then they're going to maybe get it in gear. Maybe I just don't see. I that don't. As... I don't think that's why he did it either. I think he was. I think he was greasing the. The track for what was it was was public relations what he
3: thought was inevitable because nobody thought that they would win like this
0: hey just to get everybody comfortable with the idea uh we might need to give you a big shot in the ass here's pretty much what's coming these
4: guys aren't as good as we thought they were individually and collectively and we're gonna start over or try again a different way right right now there's no reason to do that So we shall see. Uh, Trevor Williams against Corey Kluber tonight in Cleveland. Joe Musgrove against Shane Bieber Tuesday. And then Wednesday afternoon, Jamison Tyone against Trevor Bauer. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. Valerie.
5: Uh, Bad news for guys who have a lady with a dog. We'll talk about it coming up.
0: It is the DVE morning show. Our Be Like Mike contest is going on right now. You can go to dve.com and register to be like Mike. Pursued at Steelers training camp. That's right. If I could be like Mike, well, you, now you can be like Mike. You'll live the life of a uh, of a uh, hardworking veteran, veteran sports writer on the beat at Steelers training camp. Say if it's a college in Lakeview, you get two sideline passes, so you get to take a cub reporter with you. Your own uh, little G- Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Uh, you get two sideline passes for the Steelers afternoon practice on Wednesday, August 1st at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. You get a $100 gift card for the Steelers Pro Shop, $50 gift certificate for Sharkies, where the Mike Persuda training camp show is going to go down on Wednesday night. You'll probably be a part of that. I, I won't go so far as to say you'll be his co-host, but you'll get to <laughs> take part in it. Hang with the boys. And uh, you get a hotel... Uh, room that will be decorated like Mike's dorm room at Saint Vincent College in Latrobe. Plus, you'll get the wardrobe: cargo shorts, Steelers uh, golf shirt, Michigan State hat, USA hockey jersey. The room will have like a Springsteen poster on the wall. Uh, there'll probably be some uh, Michigan State stuff up, some probably probably some old school porn. Will there be uh, a
3: pursuit of hologram?
0: Oh, or we that, couldn't
3: spring for that this year.
0: Let's see. It's not on uh, the budget. I'm not. I don't know. That'd be great. that would be a great one, but we can talk to our hologram team and see if they can come up with something <laughs> before August first, which is only eval next week ten days. Where is the summer going uh gone it's it's the summer's almost gone
5: crazy
0: so you can sit in with the d v morning show the next morning too. This is a nice two day contest. Uh, uh, prize that you'll enjoy. And it bleeds over all the way to the end of Steelers training camp when they take on the Titans Saturday, August 25th. You'll get two tickets for that, too. Be like Mike. you got to be 21. Sign up at dve.com. You had a bad run with porn, I remember.
4: Yeah, I remember. Well, I still, I mean, I, yeah, I'll watch it here and there, you know. I think, yeah. And I've noticed it's become a huge problem. Yeah. You know? Porn brain. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like... It just becomes a habit. That's the thing. It just becomes a habit, mm-hmm. you know? And you can't compete, like, just because regular sex can't compete with pornography. Right. So it's like, you know.
0: Um, you know, that doesn't happen with food. You know, people take selfies of their food, like mm-hmm. they do the food pictures and Instagram and everything. And you, you never have a problem of looking at too many food items and going, <laughs> you know, this just doesn't compete with doesn't the pictures. My, yes. I don't Your know, you brain see- doesn't change for the food.
4: Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe I don't watch all them food shows. You know? <laughs> I'm not a dude who's like up in the middle of the night, you know, and just you know, he's gonna freak out if he can't get hold of some ricotta. You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: staying up
0: all night no. watching Mario Batali, right. yeah, that's not happening. Dude, what are you doing over there?
3: Nothing. I'm in neck deep on this
1: barefoot Contessa. <laughs> <laughs> a marathon.
0: The only thing about that, like, puts a little bit of a pin in the idea that, like, walking your dog around is, like, an easy way to meet people is that in my, you know, 20 plus years of being a dog owner, I don't think I ever met anybody and, like, got their name. I know their dog's name. Yeah. Isn't it kind of hard to flirt, too, when you're holding a bag of poop?
5: (laughs) (laughs) That might be attractive, though, because at least then, you know, they clean up after their dog.
0: Oh, yeah, that would immediately be somebody like just leaving it. Not
5: cleaning it up. Crap on the sidewalk, uh, forget it. You're done.
0: Again, I told you that's like that, and people who don't recycle will never know how people who do recycle, how low they go in their opinion. Yeah. Like, like, do you guys recycle? No, just throw in the garbage. You're like, oh, <laughs> you animal. I bet you guys poop on the street. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I mean, the Pirates might not be as good as the Cubs. But at least their fans are better. Did you see the video yesterday of the Cubs fan, Val? Mm-hmm. You can't be like this guy. How so, does this
5: keep happening?
0: I think it's the third base coach of the Cubs. There's He throws a ball to a little kid in the first row.
3: That's nice.
0: But the kid misses it. It goes through his legs and falls under his seat. Oh, no. He bucknered it? Old dude behind him, wearing shades, picks it up. He goes, hey, and gives it to his wife. And then the little kid's just sitting there looking at him. Now, um, my first thought was, all right, this guy's a jackass. My second thought was, okay, the kid's in the front row. I, I think he's going to... He's going to probably be, get another he'll, one. He'll probably get another ball. But that's not the point. It's just how big of a jackass are you if your impulse is to steal a ball from a kid. Right. And so... <laughs> The Cubs made good on it. He ended up getting uh, a baseball that was, like, signed by a bunch of people. It was the first base coach, Will Venable. Cubs found out about it. They got Javi uh, Baez to sign a couple of baseballs for him and take him over to the kid. So the kid's fine.
3: That's incredible for the kid. Yeah. It's, it really was never – I know that it was about the kid, but it's not about the kid. It's not a big story if it isn't this jag-off getting the ball and handing it to his wife who could care less probably about getting a baseball. Yeah,
0: why didn't she give the ball to the kid?
5: That's what I was wondering. Cuz they're a jagoff couple.
0: You got to be more like the, you know, the, the the kind of person who recognizes that a little kid who wants a baseball, it's more special than you going, "Oh, you lose, I got it." Like we need to get back to the attitude of maybe the little kid should have it. That goes on in a lot of major league parks, though. There are adults with gloves at the games who get very excited about getting foul foul balls.
5: Also, how did everybody else around this guy not shame him into... I think they did. Did they?
0: Yeah, that's how the Cubs found out about it. It was on the television broadcast, so that might have been why, too. But, yeah.
3: I mean, you know, I've been fortunate enough to take the kids to some baseball games, and we sat in the... uh, For one game, we sat in the dugout box, and everybody in that section got a ball. Right. So there was kind of that thought where like, oh, if it goes out of your hands and some other kid gets it. But it's it was always another kid. Yeah, it's ki- kids.
0: It's kids. <laughs> this guy's wife was not, well, she was on her phone. She's like, looks over, huh? What? Oh, cool. Thanks, honey. Faceball, be, head back in her phone. Foul balls,
3: at least, you know, I, I don't ever judge because I'm like, I don't know what kind of pain is in this this grown man's, you know, childhood. He could have been like, the last time I caught a foul ball I was here with my pap, and my pap just died, and I wanted to come out to the ball yard and get another one for pap. I don't know. There's at least a story there, but if some—that's some, that's quite,
0: that's quite a backstory there. If for somebody's the guy who got just a foul
3: throwing ball. you a ball, I right. mean, what's the? What's there was the no option? effort,
0: is what you're saying. Yeah. He was just
3: trying to give somebody the benefit of the doubt.
0: Some guy. Who's, I don't
3: want to say that that
0: adult's just a complete loser. He's like, I'm collecting these for, for kids in the hospital. I'm taking all these foul right. balls to the, the kids at the, at the hospital. We I'm, don't know. That sure. Could, that could be their story. But he
5: tossed it to the woman next to him. This
0: guy's not that no, guy. this
5: guy is not that guy.
3: And
0: by the way, they should institute capital punishment right there in the game. Like You should be able, at that point, that guy should get lined up and shot with the hot dog gun. <laughs>
3: That's right. Beheaded. And then throw his head onto the field. Well, or, I
0: don't know about the beheaded part, but yeah. I just I, I just the embarrassment of having to get hit in the stomach with a shot, uh, like a shot from the hot dog gun right. by the mascot. The indignity of having to endure that should be the punishment for stealing a ball from a kid. You're right. Beheaded was a little too far. A little bit much. Little ISIS. You want a little ISIS, well, when you a little said, ISIS when on you me? Said
3: cap, capital punishment.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, it's more corporal punishment, I guess, not capital. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember capital corporal. I'm not sure. Sergeant. I don't know. The all caps version of in ballpark punishment. Val's got your news right now on the DV morning show. You look like, you just looked over at me like, we're all going to die. <laughs> you just, you look, my hot dog, gun. you just look disgusted, like sad. Uh, is everything okay over there? Yeah. You're all, yeah. I mean, your hoodie is all the way up to your chin. I'm just, I'm worried.
5: <laughs> it is every day, so.
0: It's not that cold in here today.
5: It was earlier. I got a little chill. All right. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 66 degrees, I'm Val Porter. It looks like President Trump and the president of Iran are trading threats about war. Trump put out an all-caps tweet to Iranian President Hassan Rouhani, warning him to never threaten the United States or, quote, you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before, end quote. And a new poll giving President Trump the highest Republican approval numbers of his presidency. Yeah, yeah. The last NBC News Wall Street Journal poll shows 88% of Republican voters surveyed approve of how Trump is handling his duties as president. His approval rating among all registered voters is 45%, up one percentage point from last month, 52% of all voters disapprove of his job performance including 44% who strongly disapprove. Treason's in season.
3: (laughs) I think he's doing great.
0: (laughs) Bill's a big fan.
3: Huge. I've turned the corner.
0: I I mean it's really the only way to go. It's that or or suffer in the camps eventually one day. (laughs) Establish it now. Big (laughs) fan. I love our dear leader. Dear leader. He's great. I just wish I could say nice things about him while Ivanka clapped nearby. Like officials. have you seen him do that at those business summits? He goes around I and makes know. CEOs say great things about him. They stand him. up and just you know orally, the uh, uh, you know. What uh, year what? is this from? This is like Friday. This oh. has been happening. Oh, I. And Ivanka stands behind was. him and claps after they say nice things about him.
5: I I remember the video of, like he was at a cabinet meeting and the cabinet members. Yeah, were they all had to suck about up to him. How fortunate they were to work for him. Or yeah, he does this now at like or...
0: business summits now where people stand up and go, thank you for those tax cuts so I can buy my third
5: yacht. Well, You're the
0: greatest person
3: that's ever. That's
5: probably genuine from those people.
3: Yeah, And then Ivanka stands back there. I mean, I honestly, I could go for that. You know, your third like yacht. One, no, one oh. or two days of just uh, having like everybody you work with. Go, Dude,
0: tell you should make you, like, how you how have a. F- they are? Y- you could get your kids to do that for you on a daily basis. <laughs> just have your kids to. tell you how great you dad, are. Dad,
3: you're right, great. Let's go around the room. Tell me in great detail, specifically what is it that makes me so great as a dad? And then
0: Serena can clap when they're done.
5: Yeah, I love it. Officials say more than two dozen people were hurt after two charter buses crashed in downtown Pittsburgh yesterday. Officials say the buses were carrying ballet students going from Chatham to the Gateway Clipper. It's reported the second bus rear-ended, the first causing those 28 injuries. A rare and deadly mushroom is being studied in Colorado after popping up in someone's yard. It's known as the destroying angel mushroom and has only been found in the state um, a few more than half-dozen times previously after turning up a week and a half ago in Aurora, Colorado. The mushroom isn't dangerous to touch, but the poison it contains attacks the liver when it's eaten the Denver Botanical Garden now has it and is conducting additional research.
3: Where the hell did it come from?
5: And how do you know, oh that is the destroying angel mushroom
3: I don't know it sounds like a Slayer album <laughs> It sounds like somebody that's eaten a lot of magic mushrooms and we- has an idea that now there's evil ones as well
5: We've had so many mushrooms in our yard this year, I guess because it's rained so much
3: Yeah, yeah, we like different
5: kinds. I'm like, how how do I know if this is poisonous? Well,
3: don't go anywhere near them. It might be the destroying angel mushroom.
0: Well, Unless you're an angel, what's there to worry about?
3: Yeah, aren't we immune?
0: Yeah, (laughs) but it'd be an angel around these things. I want to know the first person who who took the mushrooms out of cow manure and ate them to find out they were hallucinogenic.
3: Well, you got to be pretty desperate to get high. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I don't know. Somebody, I just steer clear of the farmer, mushrooms. It was an some Indian
3: farmer like. There's got to be more to this.
0: <laughs> it God, was all, this is boring. It's Indians, man. They they figured all this stuff out of you know Native Americans are the guys who, the they figured out all that stuff a long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They used every part of everything. <laughs> they're like, well, how are we going to use the crap? One guy's like, I know. Check this out. They're like,
1: oh, oh
5: man,
0: no. Oh, oh. Running, Knoxville, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> is being in a bad mood good for your productivity? Apparently so. That's what research in, researchers in Canada determined. They found that when people were unhappy, it helped them focus, manage their time, and prioritize. But there is one catch. If you're the kind of person who gets pissed off and then you can turn that bad, bad mood around and feel happy again pretty quickly, then it's not going to work for you. You're not going to be any more productive. That's only a benefit for people who just do in their bad moods. You're much more productive at work. Yeah, well, there you go. People are just being productive. Ladies, do you prefer your dog's company to that of your partner? According to a new survey by Purina, lots of women do. The survey found 50% of female dog owners say they would rather spend time with their dogs than their partner or family members. That's a problem.
0: Dogs have really benefited from uh, people uh, being divided, I think, in this country. Dogs have really been the beneficiary of a lot of... They don't
5: give opinions? (laughs) No, they just sit
0: there and people are like, you are the best. No, you are a good boy. You haven't said anything to piss me off today.
5: The survey found that 95% of respondents, both male and female, said they view the dog as part of the family. 62% said their pups help them de-stress after work 55 percent said their dogs give them emotional comfort after getting bad news 56 percent of millennials said they have given birthday cakes to their dogs oh yeah yeah and uh 77 <laughs> percent i even baked them doggy cupcakes once did you yeah what was in them uh i don't know i got a kit it was like a kit that oh, i got a doggy pet products Do you Uh, think they had
0: any idea that you went to great lengths for them, or is it just another smell that they eat?
5: Yes. But it made me feel good. Makes
0: you feel good. Yeah, exactly.
5: Like, look, I made this with love for you. They
0: know. They can tell by the way you're giving it to them. (laughs) When it's out of a bag and you just throw it in the air and then you're like, fight it Mm -hmm. out, (laughs) jackasses. They know the difference between when mama gives them the warm muffins. (laughs)
5: 77% said they feed their dogs before they feed themselves.
0: Every time I see a dog, I just, like, start petting its head. I'm like, oh, I love that you don't have an opinion.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's nice to be around your dog, but if you prefer that over your partner, you might be with the wrong person. That's true.
5: An opera based on Pink Floyd's 1979 album The Wall is making its U.S. debut in Cincinnati. Another brick in the wall opened over the weekend at the city's music hall and includes all the album's lyrics surrounding the rock star named Pink. The opera first premiered in Montreal last year is scheduled to run through July 31st in Cincinnati. Blackish star Anthony Anderson is under investigation for allegedly assaulting a woman. The blast reports. Someone told the LAPD earlier this year she was assaulted by Anderson in 2017. She claims it took place when they met up to discuss business opportunities about a year after meeting at an event she was catering for him. The LAPD said Anderson is a suspect in an active investigation, but did not say. What for? Spokesperson for the forty-seven year old says he unequivocally unequivocally disputes the claim and has not been contacted by police. Warm and humid showers and thunderstorms possible mid eighties for the high today at sixty-seven at D V E. Well Val,
0: if you're gonna mention Pink Floyd the Wall, I mean I have to play <laughs> something from Pink Floyd the Wall. Yeah, the DV morning show. Every time I hear the end of that I want to hear Cindy Haslett yelling, He's behind a garage smoking pot! <laughs> Pink Floyd's <laughs> mother there, which uh, it seems more poignant than ever. It's a DVE morning show. Uh, congratulations to the new uh, mayor of Picklesburg, Joe George. That's right, it was uh, the Picklesburg Fair going on all, all weekend. That thing is huge. I cannot believe how gummed up downtown was this weekend as a result of the Picklesburg celebration, man. People were everywhere. They closed off all the streets. They had like a pickle race. People love pickles. For
5: pickles racing?
0: I don't know how that went down. I, I think it was actually like oh a- Oh, God. I think it was like a downtown like short like, like 3K a, or something yeah. like that. All right, that. guys, take your pants off. Let's race. It was like a sprint, I think. I don't know.
3: Wait a second. This but, is gross.
0: Yeah, it was impossible to get around, but uh, Joe George is the new mayor of Picklesburg. He uh, beat three other men and one woman in the finals, gulping a 32-ounce jar of pickle juice in 6.06 seconds.
5: Isn't <laughs> that good for you?
3: Oh, God, I don't know, but it I mean, maybe it taste I disgusting.
0: I think it's like post-workout. A lot of people are doing like post-workout drinking pickle juice. Really? Something about the electrolytes, oh God, bill. I'll
3: throw up all over everyone.
0: That said, a new Picklesburg record was two full seconds faster than last year's overall winning time of 8.34 seconds. Well, who can forget that? Uh, it feels pretty good, actually, Mr. George said after his victory, which earned him the title mayor of Picklesburg and $500. A little bit salty, but it's good. Now, there was a little bit of controversy.
5: Uh-oh. Oh. Oh.
0: Because another guy, Brian Sulio of Uniontown, he complained. He said, I feel like he had more juice in his jar at the end. They didn't look at that. I had nothing.
3: You got to finish it off.
0: He was pissed. I would be, too. Yeah. Especially if I just chugged a bunch of pickle juice. And didn't win anything. The judges had to consult a video replay to declare the winner. <laughs> it, it, We're uh, even
3: it, establishing replay that and pickle juice drinking.
0: That was the second <laughs> round, I guess. All right, th- that, that didn't happen in the final round. That controversy happened in the preliminary round. Oh. So it wasn't in the finals. But in the preliminary round, they had to consult the video. Man.
3: I wish they would just leave it up to the human element, you know? We that, can't go to replay.
0: That's true. He he lost I'm that. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to pickle juice drinking. <laughs> this is from the, the Post-Gazette report of that. That round was razor close. The judges had to consult a video replay to declare the winner, but he came up short again, this time to Cassandra Forsyth of the South Hills. Miss Forsyth, who downed her jar of juice in 8.3 seconds, said she didn't have a strategy other than to, quote, use two hands and go for it.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
0: <laughs> It's aggressive. Like you just Val. You should get a T-shirt made up that just says yeah, "Use yeah. two hands and go for it."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Did you was,
3: hear the the guy was like pretty <laughs> uh, pretty excited? Did you see in the video he let out like this rebel yell? Oh yeah! I love pickle
0: juice. He said something I've been enjoying my whole life. There you go.
5: It's good for your gut.
3: All right. So there's apple cider vinegar and that tastes atrocious as well?
0: I guess. I don't know.
3: He's like, Well, I made a lot of my bones and in, in college drinking a a different kind of uh, liquid really fast. And in my head I was like, urine? Like what <laughs> why did you think that? Because he just here. drinks terrible tasting oh, things. Yeah. Well, they don't call me terrible
0: liquid chugger for nothing. So you're a big beer drinker. Nope, nope. Apple cider vinegar. Uh -uh. Yes. Bleach. Hey, training camp's coming up. You could be like Mike Pursuta, where you use two hands and go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Right on the sidelines of the Steelers' uh, uh, practices. You could be like Mike, uh, uh, an old sports writer roaming the, the sidelines looking for an angle to report on your favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers.com.
1: DVE Sports
0: Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show Mike, what's going on?
4: Sports is our brought to you by Citizens Bank the Pirates had their hitting shoes on again yesterday afternoon in Cincinnati 15 hits in a 9-2 to win over the Reds that completed a 3 game sweep and extended the Pirates winning streak to 9 games it's crazy, man. It doesn't even sound plausible. They does just keep it? winning. No. Nope. And uh, some of the uh, significant numbers uh, within the hit parade: Corey Dickerson, four for five, leading off. Uh, he scored three runs, drove in two, and hit another home run. Uh, that's uh, the fourth straight game in which Dickerson has gone yard. He's got five total home runs, eight hits, and seven RBI. In that five-game stretch, his home run uh, yesterday was his 11th of the season. Starling Marte went two for four with a run scored. and an RBI, he extended his hitting streak to 15 games. Even Yvonne Nova, the starting pitcher, got a hit. <laughs> and if you don't think that's a big deal, Nova huge. snapped an 0-for-63 streak oh, at man. the plate.
0: That's hilarious over 63 he
3: needed that he didn't he say it was like one of the best moments of his pro career
4: got to run the bases <laughs> a little bit uh everything everybody cheering for him and everything falling into place all of a sudden for the pirates neil huntington's worst nightmare he said they're open
0: to adding at the trade yeah. deadline which is like saying well if somebody wants to give us a bunch of stuff
4: we'll take it i think it's bob nutting's worst nightmare yeah, but Huntington's the mouthpiece. None he is he's, the mouthpiece. He's nothing's not
0: saying anything. He's just sitting back, going, "Oh right. well, you take the crap." But you make it. Uh, you made a good point last hour. They have a bit of a conundrum here because if they bail on this team right now, not only will the not boycott, but you know whatever way to say it, I, I, I'm not yeah, it's, sure. But there's it's like not a, an organized
4: boycott, but it is
0: a collective refusal to buy tickets. to Right. Games. So that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they
4: don't add to this team, but it might not just be this year. Oh, it's not, you're not going to help this year, I don't think. It may be in September if you get to the last couple of weeks and you're still in it, maybe. But what what Huntington had said, he came out a couple of weeks ago. I think it was July 8th with that four and four isn't going to cut it. Right, that's what I figured ultimatum. they had. A, he was telling
0: but, you they made up their mind yeah. as to what they were going to do at the deadline.
4: What he had also said either then or. Just prior to that was they thought they could be about an eighty five win team and going into the season and maybe some of the young guys would overachieve a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. happened before, and if that happened, they could contend. If you can at least get through this year as a winning team, A, keep this team together. Right. B play reasonably well the rest of the way, be over five hundred, be in it until the last couple of weeks. Then they can go back and say, see, what we did at the start of last year was the right thing to do. We went with the young guys. They have developed. They're going to continue to develop. Now, I don't think for a minute what they did going into this year was not spend money. So the young guys thing was a good explanation for not spending money. But they can make that look less Mm BS-ish, if that's a word or a descriptive phrase. Sure. Uh, they, They can add a little credibility to that if they keep the team together end up having a decent year and say, hey, look, we're on the way back. We we won three years in a row, had to get rid of some guys who were aging or some guys who weren't going to be around like Garrett Cole because of finances, but now the pieces are back in place and next year's going to be even better. Buy some tickets. If they start... Cleveland for three and then the Mets for four before the trade deadline. Three at Cleveland starting tonight and then four at home against the Mets. If they go five and two in those seven games and still detract from the team i don't know how you explain that to anybody i i, I, I can't find I think the, the team
3: at the very least deserves to stay together
0: for yeah. the season i think what is going to end up happening is they're not going to add they're going to sell off some stuff and they're going to say well you know look we just didn't have the fans turn out this year to be able to justify oh, spending if they, money if they do no. that they are they already
4: have said that they are, if they do it again they're cutting their own throats i think the only one I could possibly see, uh, and and this would probably be impractical on the other end because uh Cervelli's injury history, but if you wanted to get rid of him, you already got his replacement plan, Diaz, and he's probably better than Cervelli. No. And Cervelli's getting concussions all the time. He don't even know if he can catch anymore.
6: Happy
3: Tuesday. It's no, so I could, it's I, Monday.
4: I could see that type of move being made. And it, it's not like you're pulling the plug on this year. But right. uh, let's say they trade Jordy Mercer for junk. What's what's Jordy Mercer really going to get? He could help a contending team as a bench guy, right? He's a decent big league player. Mm-hmm. But he's your starting shortstop. As as we speak now, so, the so part... What you're saying
0: is return on that is not worth...
4: No, not when you're four games out in the wild card. Right. Because whether they want it to be or not, they are contending. Now, eight games behind the Cubs, third in the division. Mathematically, you're in it. I don't, I don't know that they're going to beat out the Cubs. But uh, the wild card thing is a completely different story. Atlanta's got the second wild card right now. Atlanta is a team that a lot of people think is overachieving this year and has begun to correct a little bit back the other way. Then it's Arizona, a game behind Atlanta. Colorado, a game and a half behind. And the Pirates, four games behind. That is not uh, an unreachable star. Trevor Williams against Corey Kluber tonight, uh, the first of three in Cleveland. Francesco Molinari wins the British Open, uh, the first Italian to win a major. He fired uh, a two-under, 70 in the final round. Yesterday, he wins the tournament at eight-under, Eight, under, eight under, a couple of strokes ahead of a host of players who finished six-under. I have a new uh, favorite golfer, though, in the wake of the British Open. That would be uh, Tiger Ed- Woods. Eddie Pepperell who tied for 6th at 5-under with Tiger Woods. But Eddie Pepperell's a 27-year-old Englishman who emerged from Saturday's third round figuring that he was out of the tournament. He was frustrated by that development, so he did what a lot of us do when we're frustrated. Got hammered. He drank. Then he went out and shot 4-under yesterday. That was the best closing round, 4-under 67. And he admitted, uh, quote, I was a little hungover, I won't lie. So you got to do that
3: more often. Said he was drowning
4: his <laughs> sorrows the night before because he thought he was done playing hurt, man. I love Sometimes this guy. Sometimes it's good to play play guilty. I love this guy. And uh if you're following the uh, star-crossed career of Johnny Manziel, he has been traded up in uh, Canada, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. After not playing him, have dealt him to Montreal. How happy is he to go from Hamilton,
0: Ontario, to? The bustling Montreal. metropolis of Montreal. Yeah,
4: I've actually been to Hamilton. There's not a whole lot going on. I
0: know. There. and Montreal is the greatest city. That it's dude better, is going to get it's lots better of,
3: than Hamilton. Yeah, definite upgrade. And both are better than Cleveland. So, if he if he's is
4: moving up. I wonder if he's reading that British Open, guys.
0: See, everybody's getting drunk. How about the return of Tiger, though? The, oh, that was great. The ratings, even with the uh, time difference, pretty big. I mean, anytime that he's guy a has a chance, man, he's, he
4: makes people turn on golf. Yeah, he was even yesterday, uh, seventy one. He ended up five under for the tournament, tied for sixth, and he is back to uh, ranked number fifty in the world. It's the first time he's been in the top fifty in uh, quite a while. How about that? I turned it on yesterday.
3: Right. I don't care about golf at e- all. Exactly. But when the red shirts out on a Sunday,
4: I'm in front of the tube. Uh, I'm watching Eddie. Eddie's my guy. The rest of Eddie
0: the- is gonna crash and burn. Trust me.
4: It, well, does he smoke? Yeah. Remember
3: uh, who's that guy? Angel the something.
0: Duck.
3: Oh my god, he used to burn tar bars all
0: through the course. Hilarious. He won at Oakmont.
3: The- is it was it uh, Cabrera or who, what was his last name?
0: No,
4: can't remember. Damn it! I remember the duck it. part. Yeah, the duck.
3: Just throwing lung darts down. <laughs> all over the
4: course. <laughs> That's what most people do when they golf, right? They drink or they smoke.
3: It's just the funniest, though, to see it. it the pros.
4: Yeah, it was Cabrera. You know? yeah. Yeah. I was hey, a little Cabrera. hungover, I'm not going to lie. wonder how that quote went over. They're all hungover. Those guys party all the time. Yeah, but they're not supposed to, you know, the proper British Open, you're not supposed to admit that kind of stuff, are you?
0: Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, wasn't it in Scotland? I believe it was. Tiger was like, oh, man hanged like, an IHOP waitress last night. <laughs> He's like, you're hungover. I snorted three ambient and drove my Tahoe into a telephone pole.
4: <laughs> and still was even part for the day. Yeah. Not bad for the young man.
0: We're going to talk with Pirates uh, writer Stephen Nesbitt from the Post-Gazette at 8.15, and Pittsburgh Pirates' Corey Dickerson will be on the show at 9.45 this morning. When we come back, it's a video rewind. Once again, it's like Bill Crawford pop-up video. He didn't grow up with these videos, so we're making him go back and watch all these videos we were inundated with when we were kids. Today's video, The Cars You Might Think, and that was an epic video revolutionary yeah change the industry as they say all right so uh, bill will have that for you and val will have your news coming up at the top of the hour don't forget iheart radio all the time download iheart radio to your smartphone to your tablet and take dve with you wherever you go anywhere in the world it's like uh you know just taking pittsburgh with you uh in your pocket no matter where you go, download it today, iHeartRadio.com. It's the D V E Morning Show, Randy Bauman, along with Bill Crawford and Val Porter. And Val and I were joking for so long about all these videos, and Bill had not seen them. And we thought, well, let's make Bill go back and watch all the videos that we have burned into our brain from staring at MTV when we were kids. And being that Val and I are about, you know, almost 10 years older than Bill. Uh, you didn't get to see them quite the same way. No,
3: and I need the same reference point as you guys because a lot of the times I'm just sitting here wondering what it is that you're talking about. Right. (laughs) You basically
0: want to make sure that we're not laughing at you. That's correct. And uh, laughing about something else. I want to be in
3: on it. Right. Whatever you guys are talking
0: about, I want to be in on it. So this assignment for you for your uh, video review was the cars you might think
3: I got to say, just uh, all these all these music videos, like all these songs, are still tremendously nostalgic mm-hmm. for me. Like, I didn't see the videos, but this is an awesome song from the 80s. 1984. And even though the graphics look like the guy that lived in the closet and Real Genius came up with them, <laughs> um, it's an awesome video. And it's hard to believe that it was considered advanced at the time because... It makes Zelda look like Call of Duty, but it was was revolutionary because it was the first time anybody used computerized effects.
0: Yeah, it's pretty... uh, It it was... You could not turn on MTV without seeing it back in the day. They played it every half hour.
3: And it probably took forever, you know, for a bunch of computer nerds at the time. I don't know how they did it. You had to do it like analog with binary numbers. I have no idea how they... they probably spent five months building a wired, three-dimensional sculpture of uh, Rick Okasek as a fly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks like it, it's kind of like an
0: R-rated version of the Oregon Trail. Well, w- describe what the video's about, though. Like, what you do you think the video's um, them about? Them
3: stalking uh, the, the band, and uh, specifically Rick Ocasek stalking a hot girl. Yes. Susan <laughs> Gallagher, who's <laughs> actually, uh, she's in the Cobra Kai series on YouTube. Is she really? Yeah. I, I was looking her up, and I'm like, what else has she been? Is she still doing stuff? And she's like, do you remember the first episode how he's, Johnny is like down in the dumps, and he comes out from somewhere, and... And there's a homeless woman that's like, hey, Mm -hmm. this is my beat. That's her. Come on. I swear to God. So she went from being the smoking hot chick in this video to a homeless person eating pizza out of a dumpster. Pretty pretty big fall off Precipitous fall, yeah, from (laughs) Grace,
0: where she was the smoking hot chick in the 1984 video. But she looks kind of like the Lee Tinger or the Go-Go's. But
5: Alinda Carlisle.
0: It's so weird. I mean, he stalks her in eight hundred different ways in this video, and we're just supposed to think like, "Oh, that's okay." She's in bed, and he's like driving, to, trying to drive a car up of the sheets. He's a fly. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's on he's, the tub. Yeah, he's,
3: uh, yeah, he's he's on the soap. He's,
5: he's the fly everywhere. is the one I always remembered. I don't know why, but
3: and he's in the medicine cabinet. He, I mean, look, this video actually won. Um, The first best video of the year for MTV. MTV Music Awards. First year, 1984. This is the videos that it beat out. This is just crazy to me. It beat out Herbie Hancock, Rocket, which was an epic. Oh, yeah. A pretty cool, I don't know if you remember that. It was just like all like animatronic legs, just Mm -hmm. like dancing and stuff. And uh, girls just want to have fun. The police, every breath you take.
0: Another Which, st- a stalker song, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yes. Stalker songs were so big yeah. in 1984.
3: And and that video is not great. It's it's mainly just. Do you remember those glamour shots in the 80s where it would be like your face, and then the side of your face? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right above you. <laughs> that that's what that video kind of looks like. But then it also beat out Thriller. Which to me is crazy. Wow! Like that How is that possible? That doesn't hold up. I mean, really? that's that—that that is the greatest music video, in my opinion, of all time. It's a you might think film. beat thriller. Yeah, because I think it was so revolutionary.
0: Yeah, I mean, they figured out new ways to be total creeps. Like she's taking a bath, and the band is playing on a bar <laughs> of soap.
3: That's right. And Mutt Lang, I guess, produced this video. And I don't know how somebody that looks like William H. Macy with frostbite ends up marrying Shania Twain, but <laughs> he did it. I guess he's a powerful dude. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Rick Ocasek married Polina Porskova, so both uh, not exactly a couple of good-looking dudes there who ended up with uh, with uh, All-Stars.
3: Yeah, Rick Ocasek kind of looked, to me, he kind of looked like Richard Belzer. Yes. Yeah. Like a punk rock Richard
0: Belzer. Law and Order. Stalker Victims Unit. He comes out of her lipstick at one point. He places himself into her prom picture at one point. Yes. So this is all technology that we had not seen before. Like computer graphics on video was pretty new to everybody. Oh, my God. And
3: at the end of the video, he takes his face off. Yes. And then water pours out of his head. And uh, like everything that they were on the lipstick, the medicine cabinet, the soap, everything comes like pouring, pouring out. out of them and then it says the end and it's like a, a splat. Um, the, the the director of the video Jeff Stein was uh, doing an interview for the book um, I want my MTV. And he's talking about pitching the guys in the cars on this video. And he's describing like, oh, you know, you're in, the, uh, you're in this, you're a, you're, you're a fly, you're on the lipstick, you're in the medicine cabinet. And one of the bandmates says, why don't we just perform on a turd in the toilet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> great
3: idea. <laughs> this sounds like a great idea for a music video. But it, I, I, I think it was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, he also, uh, they have him as King Kong, and he picks her up in his hand, and then now? he drops her to the ground.
5: <laughs> like, not very romantic. No,
0: not exactly. Now, Seven million views right now on the original video oh, that's on it? YouTube. Seven million. Yeah, but. That's
3: crazy. That's nothing. Well, I mean. Because, like, every breath you take has over 500 million. Oh, wow. Uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun has over 500 million.
0: I bet Thriller has a billion. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to believe it beat Thriller. But yeah, it, at the time, very revolutionary. And looking back now, it seems kind of like a creepy video. And yeah. it's not all that... Advanced looking. It looks no, very. Looks no. like it was done it, on an Apple IIe.
3: Right. It looks like it was done at the very, very beginning of computer graphics.
0: Val, do you have any ideas? Which it was. What, what do you want to make him watch next?
5: I told him last week Van Halen's Pretty Woman.
0: Nobody knows that video though. That wasn't like an award winning video. Oh,
5: right. I don't know. You have, have to, to, to get one that
0: something. people know. Like girls just want to have fun. Everybody remembers that video. Everybody knew. That was knew it. a
3: feminist uh,
5: oh. anthem.
0: thriller. Everybody knew that video. Yeah.
3: But it has to be one Bill's
5: never seen. How funny would it
3: be? Yeah. How funny would it be if in the thriller video it was just Rick Ocasek as a zombie, you know, chasing him down, (laughs) like this guy is relentless. He does not know how to
0: take no for an answer.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Now Rick Ocasek looks like a Dana Carvey character. Yeah.
0: Thriller. Another one where a guy terrorizes a girl. Nineteen eighty four. A big year for creeps. Yep. And then you know the feminist
3: movement in response to that was. Hey, we just want to have fun.
0: <laughs> stop stop creeping on us. We don't even care about equal rights. Just stop stalking us and let us have fun. Just fun. Val's got your news coming up next. Val, what do you want to have fun with?
5: Ah, uh, if your friend was dating somebody awful, would you tell them? We'll talk about it coming up.
0: Uh, Steven Nesbitt from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette talks Buccos nine fifteen and the Pirates Corey Dickerson with a red hot weekend he's hit uh, home runs in four straight games he'll join us at nine forty five this morning to talk about the fate the future of the Pittsburgh Pirates here as the trade deadline looms. in the rain enjoy the break can you believe it happy
3: sunday yeah <laughs> <laughs> greg brown just climbs into a cannon and shoots himself out of it
1: <laughs> sing <laughs> to the break. <laughs> 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 he just
0: gets blown out of the stadium Just flies away Greg Brown's flying home <laughs> <laughs> He's just screaming over the city <laughs> the whole... ah! Enjoy it Dormont Enjoy the break ah!
4: Randy Bellman
0: and the DVE Morning Show Well he might have been screaming like that again yesterday The Buccos continue to win nine in a row now And uh, they've only Where lost they one He's going to need surgery since Neil Huntington said, "Well, four and four is not going to do it." We're going to have Steven Nesbitt from the Post Gazette on at eight fifteen. Corey Dickerson, who had a monster weekend twenty one total bases against the Reds, they absolutely destroyed the Redlegs this past weekend. And uh, we'll talk with Corey nine forty five. It'd be interesting to hear his tone demeanor, as it were. He's been on crappy teams before, and this stuff has happened to him in the past with the Rays. This might Mm -hmm. not be a crappy team. This might be a team you could build on. But is that what the Pirates are going to do? Stay tuned. Find out. 945. Val's got your news right now. What's going on?
5: Here's a Channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 68 degrees now at DVE. Toronto police are not ruling out terrorism as the motive for a deadly mass shooting. A woman and the gunman are dead after that shooting last night in Toronto's Greektown neighborhood. 13 people, including a young girl in critical condition, are in the hospital. Toronto's police chief says the suspect traded gunfire with police before he was killed. A lack of life vests may have played a factor in that deadly duck boat tragedy in Missouri last week. CNN reports none of the 17 people who died when the duck boat capsized and sank during a storm were wearing life jackets. 14 people survived. Apparently there were life vests on board, but it isn't clear if anybody at all was wearing them. Investigators have recovered the black box from the boat. They say it will contain video and other data about the sinking. It's on its way to the NTSB in Washington, D.C.
0: Have you ever done the uh, the duck boats? I did. Just Ducky, I've done that here in Pittsburgh. It's a really fun time. Yeah. Um, Much calmer waters, usually. Yeah. And I don't yes. know if you saw the video that the, they did there. It just seemed like that was uh, an unwise choice by the driver.
5: Yes. So they will investigate that part of it as <laughs> so well. So heartbreaking, wow, a, though. The picture of the family
0: beforehand, and they're all just so happy. <sighs> and, oh, it's just...
5: Was it nine members of the one family died? Awful. I'm like, God. <sighs> A company in New Zealand tested out a four-day work week and discovered that it had huge benefits on both employee morale and productivity. For two months, Perpetual Guardian, a firm that helps people manage their wills and estates, had employees work four days, so just 32 hours. It wasn't four tens. Uh, But they paid them for the full 40 hours. The result? Employees were more punctual, more creative, and productive. Not to mention happier and less stressed. The company was so happy with the results of the experiment that they want to make it a permanent change.
0: But what do they do? Wills,
5: wills and estates. Well,
0: that's a tough job to keep keep perky for.
5: <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> when you die, listen to this great idea. <laughs> I I think there's no question that if everybody worked, even four tens.
5: Yeah, that would be... It would be
0: so much more productive on all fronts, personally and professionally. Yep. No question. Your level of happiness would be through the roof.
5: Also cut down on pollution.
0: That too. For the
5: drive, all that traffic.
0: Right. Oh yeah, people would stay home. Instead... On
5: that that third day off.
0: Now when we get done working, uh, a lot of people jump in an Uber and drive until 11 o'clock at night and have... (laughs) Three different jobs, two of which are the shared economy type jobs. You know, the gig economy. an Aquanet out the car.
5: <laughs> speaking the of speaking of Uber, beware! There's a new scam. Drivers are pulling vomit fraud because uh-huh. if if you puke in an Uber, there's a hundred and fifty dollar charge. So drivers are claiming people have thrown up in the car and even showing pictures. Mm-hmm. And saying, "Hey you, you were so drunk you don't remember you threw up in my car. You owe a hundred and fifty bucks.
0: You got to be pretty hammered to not remember you threw up." I take Uber a lot, and it's funny how many times I'll get in an Uber late going home mm-hmm. on the weekend, and they'll be so relieved that I'm not like vomitous. Yeah, yeah. Because well, they pick up so many people on the south side where they're they're just in hell.
5: Because that ends your night. You can't pick up anybody after that. That's why no. you get
0: fined so much for Yeah.
5: It.
0: You have to go clean the car out. It's a total mess. <laughs> right. Unless
3: you just want to be a total savage and just pick up like, don't mind that puke in the backseat. I mean, I, I've had people put out cigarettes in the front like while I got in and... Oh, for and sure. Some of the cars have some smells. <laughs> yes. Well, let's not act like uh, they're
0: all pristine condition when you get in. I think in order to be a Lyft driver... You have to have cloth seats and have smoked in that car
1: <laughs>
0: for a couple of years you, before you, you qualify. Have to have just farted, I think. <laughs> you yeah. just, can you fart on demand? Hop fart in. on
3: demand. Hop in. I want to hot box. This. I don't want any of this getting out. <laughs> Hurry up.
0: The, uh, I'm gonna can, put the heat on. Oh, I've ha- I've been in some bad ones. One I got in this one lift, and the ladies' coupons were like falling all over me. <laughs> oh. I'm like, did you think you were gonna go out driving there? She's like, No, you know what? I just had an extra hour so I figured I'd see what was going on and, and you and know, see. your ride popped up, so I took it.
3: Where were we going? We popped in somewhere where the guy who came to pick us up at your house didn't have the AC on and it was like ninety five oh, degrees. Oh, I was going
0: down to Comedy Fest. What it we-
3: was so hot. Yeah. You, you got in and you were like, hey man, can you fire up the AC? Yeah. And the dude was like, oh yeah, yeah. Because they I don't could. want I to was...
0: have the AC on. They keep their windows down because it doesn't use as much gas that way.
5: Plus it airs out all the smells.
0: Yeah, the guy that just farted before. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> just cranked a couple out. This kid that drove me on Saturday night when I went down to that Andre Costello show, the uh, Just Harvest uh, Benefit, mm-hmm. where they performed Harvest in its entirety, we had him on the coffee house Friday. Uh, that show so was good. lights out good. I bet. Really, I re- really good.
1: I
3: really wanted to see that.
0: On the way there, the kid who was driving me, he was this Asian kid who's lived in Pittsburgh for like six years, and he was going back to San Jose where he was raised and everything. But he's, like, from Vietnam, so he's still in a very thick accent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, well, how do you like living in Pittsburgh? He, he was driving all night, by the way, till 4 in the morning and then getting on a plane. He's oh, like, I'm just going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, you don't want to hang out with your buddies or anything like that? And he claimed that all anybody does in Pittsburgh is drink, and he doesn't like to drink that much. He's like, that's all they do. And he just started naming, like, all these bars they go to. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good place. That's good. He goes... <laughs> You've been to these bars, huh? He's like, you know what it's like. I'm like, yeah, your friends sound pretty cool, actually. (laughs) But I thought that was a funny observation. He's like, all anybody does is drink here, so I just drive all night so I
5: avoid go drinking with these guys.
3: I don't like drinking, and I don't like French fries. I got to get out of the city. (laughs) I have to.
5: Uh, Bizarre story out of uh, the beach in Maryland, Ocean City. A woman there impaled by a beach umbrella.
1: Ugh.
5: Somebody had an umbrella and left, and just left it there in the sand. Oh, I guess the wind picked it up. It pierced her in the chest yesterday afternoon.
0: This is the second time in a week this has happened. Really? Yeah, the last, uh, last week in New Jersey, a woman got it right in the foot.
5: Well, this sun umbrellas woman,
0: turning into jarts.
5: Yeah, rescuers had to cut the pole off. Part of it remained in her chest. Oh. Uh, she was airlifted to a nearby hospital, but oh officials God. say she suffered non-life-threatening injuries, so they'll she should recover. She's a that beast. Is insane. That's At least like she didn't get sunburned. That went-
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one.
3: Yeah, she just got a
5: stake through her heart. There have been many rumors over the years regarding the return of former Journey singer Steve Perry. These new ones may have some teeth. Reports started surfacing last week on social media via Perry News and fan sites, and even a tweet from the band Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, They posted a clip of Perry, who was reportedly rehearsing next door. Uh, So he sang with them for a few seconds. On Friday, Perry's official Facebook page posted photos taken this week in Hanford, California, in the San Joaquin Valley town where he grew up. It also announced that he'd been there for an interview with CBS Sunday Morning. That'll air on October 7th. And lastly, a fan site quoted a tweet from someone they say had music business connections that Perry's long-awaited album, which was supposed to come out last year, will be out this fall. However, neither Perry nor his official Facebook page have commented on this yet, nor does any other confirmation appear to be available at this time.
0: Now, I thought he just was unable to sing those songs. Yeah. That his surgeries and the vocal cord problems through the years have rendered him unable to hit the high notes. And so he was at peace with them having moved on without the original lead singer. If he's trying to work his way back in... Man, you got to be better than the guy who replaced you.
5: Well, this says that the, he's putting a solo record out in the in the oh, fall. Okay,
0: maybe he's doing the Robert Plant thing where he's going to adjust. Maybe does he? Did he have like a restrictor plate put on
3: like some of the cars so they can't go past a certain speed?
0: I think that's just what happens. Yeah, is you get to a certain point and it, you know it's just not the same. Like I saw John Prine at Heinz Hall on Friday night, another great show by the way, uh, and you know his voice has been considerably affected. Through the years and in uh, his illnesses, but he still because he had he had cancer, but he's still able to sing a lot of his songs. There's just like a certain era that he can't really hit the the notes that he was mm-hmm. able to at one time, but he could still kind of work around that. Steve Perry could probably do a bunch of Journey to- tunes, just not all of them.
3: Mm-hmm. Not wheel in the sky,
0: maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you know, he might be able to do faithfully because that doesn't really get too high at mm-hmm. any point.
5: Sir Paul McCartney set to answer fans' questions in a Facebook Live Q&A session. In a tweet over the weekend, the former Beatle announced he'll be taking questions from students at the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts and for fans worldwide at 9 Eastern this Wednesday morning. The announcement comes ahead of the release of his new album, Egypt Station, due out on September 7th. And Tom Petty fans are being invited to share their personal photos and footage for possible inclusion in a new official music video. The forthcoming clip will will be for one of the next songs to be released from the upcoming career-spanning box set in American Treasure. It'll be available September 28th. The 60-song set will be released in multiple formats, including four CD, deluxe limited edition four CD, six LP and two CD packages Fans can submit their photos and footage on the official Tom Petty website. Uh, warm and humid, showers and thunderstorms possible today. Temperatures in the mid-80s, it's 68 DBE
0: Steven Nesbitt from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining us right now to talk buckos. Good morning, Steven. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm, I'm over here in, in Columbus on the way home from Cincinnati where the Pirates really put a whooping on the Reds this weekend.
0: And, you know, I'm wondering, that whooping they put on the Reds, is that driving... Bob Nutting and Neil Huntington and company nuts right now. Kind of like, would you guys please lose?
2: <laughs> no, I think I think a more interest in the team is generated certainly when they win. I think they've they've made some believers out of fans this month. The players have at least, um, and and so I think any extra interest is good for them. They do have maybe harder decisions to make mm-hmm. uh, at the trade deadline here, but they're uh, I would argue they're good decisions they have to make. Uh, they're they're probably I mean in all honesty I'm sure we'll get here, but. Uh, they'll probably do a little bit of what they typically do. They maybe sell uh trade-a-piece or trade a player who, who has an expiring contract, pick up somebody who has a year or two to, to help them next year. Um, but, of course, we're always wondering, which year are you going to go all in and uh, – this team is is making an argument that this is a year to do it, uh, despite the fact that they're only two over five hundred.
0: So you may have just answered my next question, but I'm going to sure. pose it anyways. Which is when Neil made that declaration last week uh, before the break. Well, four and four is not going to do it, guys. And we move from optimism to realism. To me, that was a declaration of their intent, despite what was going to happen next. Do you think that was the case? Had they already make up made up their mind, or has this new uh, run that they've gone on here since that time changed their minds
2: um i wouldn't say they entirely made up their mind i mean they they may well have i think they're pretty realistic that uh, the situation they were in then I think it was eight games under five hundred uh, if they played baseball anywhere near that uh, for the rest of the month and it only made sense to 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 sell and not really even take a shot at that second wild card. Uh, but, I mean, they, they, they have a hard decision to make now. So, as I wrote last night, I don't know that they're a team worth betting on now, but they're a team that's giving you some reason to believe. And so it's not something where they can come right out and, and trade Corey Dickerson, trade uh, every expiring contract uh, of any soon-to-be free agent, and just leave the team uh, sort of the, the skeleton that would remain of young players. Uh, I don't think you can do that to this team. So I think this probably leads them uh, to be much more likely to stand pat and maybe uh, do a little adding and subtracting, but essentially let this team have a fighting chance through August and September is, is what I anticipate happening. Mm-hmm.
4: Steven, two-parter for you. It seems like everything's working now. W- what do you see as sustainable the rest of the way, and what do you see in the category of, wow, this isn't going to keep happening?
2: Yeah, you're right. Everything, Absolutely everything is clicking the that- the, the bullpen had been a real liability earlier this season and, and the back end has been short up really nicely by Edgar Santana, uh Kyle Crick and Silly Vasquez and, and uh, the lineup is was is absolutely on fire right now and, and I don't know how sustainable that is. I mean you have this week you had Elias Diaz uh as your cleanup hitter. I don't think anyone before uh you know this month would have ever envisioned that working uh, but the top to bottom, it's, it's led to a lineup that, because of early struggles for, for guys like Josh Bell and Gregory Polanco, they've dropped, uh, for a while, they dropped down the lineup, which has led to a sort of a one through eight that's, that's pretty potent. Uh, so I don't know how long Court Dickerson is gonna, is gonna keep hitting like Babe Ruth, but mm-hmm. this week he certainly was. Sean Rodriguez, they, they brought him back and put him in the lineup three straight games, and all he did was go six for 12 with a couple of homers. So, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't think this, this lineup will, hit like this the rest of the season, but if it's anything near this form, and the form they were in the first uh, month, 45 games of the season, uh, that can be, be you know, do some damage. Uh, the biggest concern I think there is, uh, in, in my mind, probably that starting rotation uh, has been really, really good lately, but it's it's far from a sure thing. These are some really young young players. Joe Musgrove doesn't have that many starts under his belt this year. Uh, Jameson Tyon seems to be coming into his own. Chad Cool is injured, and not even throwing right now, uh, which means Nick Kingham, another another young guy with not a whole lot of experience, uh, is getting starts every five days. So I don't know if, uh, if first off, if any more injuries happen, you're really digging into the depths of your system to find a fifth starter, and uh, and we'll just see how you know how successfully these guys can remain. It's working for now, but it's pretty hard to keep starters uh, pitching the way they are right now.
4: Sounds like you trust those bullpen guys, though. Rodriguez, Felice, Santana, Crick, maybe, maybe even Glass now.
2: Yeah, no, I mean Glass now is, is someone who, um, who didn't really earn anyone's trust last year. After coming up as a, a stud prospect, uh, he's he found a little bit of uh, maybe trust in himself or faith, faith in himself in the bullpen. And um, yeah, I mean, again, these are guys who I, I'm happy to happy to trust in, in July, uh, but I don't know coming down the September run if that's something where you say, no, we, you, we don't need to add anyone. Uh, we don't need to add a reliever or someone uh, with some veteran experience. Uh, you know, I think this team, the veterans on this team, would probably tell you there are a couple moves that need to be made if they're really going to make a run.
0: Talking with Steven Nesbitt from the Post Gazette right now about the uh, Buckos and their latest uh, run of success. All right, so back to your earlier point now with Neil Huntington saying he's open to adding at the trade deadline. And if they do indeed, as you uh, suggest, have a little from column A and a little from column B, add a little, uh, subtract a little, who's available and who do you think's vulnerable?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, as far as vulnerable, I think. There's always another spot on the bench. I mean, look at the, look who they have right now, even though they sent down Austin Meadows. They have Jordan Luplo on the bench. They have Max Moroff. Those are guys who are, uh, you know, nice, nice young guys uh, who, who could certainly have a future, but they're not uh, cornerstones of a, of a playoff team right now. Uh, they could be replaced by another bat on the bench. Uh, Sean Rodriguez very well could, could not keep up his, his this week's form and, and uh, be replaceable and you've got uh and you've got uh bullpen guys of course i think you can always fit one more guy in the bullpen whether that means uh you know less time for someone like glass now or what um a more veteran guy in the bullpen is is always going to be pretty helpful and so uh as far as people out there i think uh i I can't really count down all the the bench or bullpen arms there are a ton of them out there on teams who are not winning um and the, the bigger pieces that would make him more of an impact, honestly, is a starting pitcher. Uh, that would signal the Pirates really making a push here, I think, is if you go out and get a starting pitcher, because they're not cheap. Even a guy who's a rental, uh, for as, for as little as he'll pitch over the last couple months of the season, uh, they're expensive. And so you have Chris Archer, you have Cole Hamels. Um, those are, those are a couple of guys who are out there and available and don't really know how expensive they're going to be. Uh, but he, what makes you really wonder is after, uh, three years of making the wild card and realizing how fickle that can be, uh, the Pirates didn't make it twice and, and you wonder if Neil Huntington thought in those two years, you know, let's not push just for a wild card because that ensures us almost nothing, it seems. But now after a couple of years of missing it, the wild card doesn't seem so bad, honestly. <laughs> you know? right. you know, when You wonder if he, he says, you know, let's, let's spend a little bit either money or add some, uh, add somebody who's going to cost a few prospects because, Getting back to the wild card was sound really good after getting rid of Andrew McCutchen and Garrett Cole and and a season which I don't think honestly they thought they would probably be in it at the trade deadline. I mean he thought he said the team's projections were, you know I think it was around right around like seventy eight to 80, 82 wins. Which man that's not a that's not a winning season at uh, all likelihood. So uh, so I don't think they really thought they were probably going to be right here. Uh, so it's a good the, the team has, has force may force his hand a little bit. We'll see how he handles it.
4: It's tough to gauge emotions of players and teams, but the, did you sense anything different this weekend? Uh, how how are they reacting to this streak? Is it just kind of, well, we're hot now, we were cold before, or do they sort of feel like they're building something and, and making a push?
2: Yeah, it's a really relaxed team right now. It's it's uh, they're having a lot of fun, and I was had a long conversation with with James and Tylen about it yesterday, and he said. You know, I've been around this, this organization for a long time. I sort of know how we work at the trade deadline. And, and he's like, honestly, I understand it as, as, um, you, you know, it always looks like next season is really strong for this, for this franchise. And that's not saying that in a bad way. It's just that they have a lot of young talent. And you always hope next year you'll put it together. So you don't really want to mortgage that to to go for it this year. But, um, you know, Corey Dickerson said too, like, you realize as you get older that, uh, it's all about getting there that one time and doing what the Royals did a couple of years ago is, is squeaking into the playoffs and then running to the World Series. And that's what you'll talk about for the rest of your life. So at some point you do need to, to cash in and say, you know what, this is a year where we need to do a little bit to, to help this team. And you never know what what, what group of guys is going to click. It could be something a little unexpected. So um, So this is a team that they – no one came out and said, you know, we demand that they – they add, but they certainly said, you know, I, I think they, I hope they notice that this is something worth um, worth investing in. I think that was something that Sean Rodriguez told uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports yesterday. Was you know this is a team worth worth investing in, and it was almost a little funny that it was Rodriguez saying it because he's a, he was a, one of the one of the weaker parts in the first half. So yeah, um, so I, I do think they're believing in themselves, and fans are believing in them a bit. And it you know we'll see in the next nine days whether or not the front office believes it's, it's Worth uh, bumping up their, their 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 salary in a major way because uh, there are probably plenty of salary dumps that could be they could take on uh, or or you know giving up some prospects to to really make a run here.
0: Stephen Nesbitt from the Post Gazette. Enjoy your travel up to Cleveland, man.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate
0: your time this morning, thanks, Stephen. Stephen Se- from the Post Gazette. there talking Buckos who have been red hot. Getting to see a lot of Ohio, is
4: Stephen? Indeed, he is. What a plumb assignment. Eh, you know, not too bad. is actually Cincinnati and Cleveland are two great towns. A little
0: rainy this weekend in Cincinnati, but the uh, the bucko dominance had to be a little fun to watch. If you don't have fun in either one of those cities, you're not trying hard enough. I agree. I mean, we hate Cleveland because we are... It's a sports thing, yeah. It's a fun town. Preternaturally, how's, what's that word? We are preternaturally... Predisposed. Or, Ordained. To hate that town, yeah, it's a little just, bloods and crips
4: thing going you're kinda on. You kind of just
0: born hate, but it's really there's a lot of fun stuff to do there,
4: and the layout of it is great. With between the proximity of the hotels, the bars, and the stadiums, it's oh yeah, very manageable. Primarily, the the basketball arena is like. Right down the end of that
3: one road that has uh, hilarities and well, and that, all that's those right bars. next to the
4: baseball stadium. Yeah, but don't
0: you think we've uh, we did that here? Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's, it's a say. good it's a, business plan for to... cities. Detroit had the same thing going on for a long time, whereas easy access from from one to the other. And uh, really, that business philosophy is let's dump all the morons in one place and keep them contained, and it works and it's great. It's easier for the morons. Because you have to
3: make it easy for the
0: morons. <laughs> well,
3: guess. Oh, yeah. You got a moron proof your situation. The morons.
0: Mike Pursuit has got your sports when we come back. Didn't get a chance to talk to you because you were out last week, but the James Harrison saying Tomlin's a, not as much of a disciplinarian as uh, Bill Belichick. That was interesting. Yeah. He I let, let me if get this... away
3: with napping
4: all the time. You want to kick that around a little I bit? I do want to
0: kick it around. All right. Mike of sports coming up. DBE. DVE. DVE sports. Mike, pursued it with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. We didn't get a chance to ask you so before we get to go uh, talk buckos here, which we just did with Steven Nesbitt from the Post-Gazette. I want to ask you about James Harrison's comments regarding Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin when he was on uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Undisputed. Yeah.
3: Skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Charter. Basically
0: saying that Mike Tomlin was too soft on his players. And Bill Belichick was a guy that made Tom Brady nervous to be late for meetings. And uh, as we know, James Harrison slept through meetings here with uh, the Steelers. What
4: did you think when you heard that stuff? Sports This Out brought to you by BobbyRayhall.com. The first thing I thought of was, boy, the Tomlin haters are going to love this. Oh, that's what Bill
0: said,
3: too. That's the first thing
4: I thought. Um, The second (laughs) thing I thought of was, if you asked 100 people who have some modicum of understanding of the NFL and how it's gone in recent years, Who's a better coach, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin? I would assume a hundred people would say Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's got the track record. Uh, I I don't know what the uh, point of it was. Um, other than maybe Fox trying to make a splash or uh, Harrison, uh, the context of what he's talking about, he's a guy who was so upset with how he was being used this year. Mm -hmm. by Mike Tomlin, first and foremost, that he uh, conduct unbecoming his way off the team. And then he went to play for Belichick for 10 minutes and got used a lot and ended up playing in a Super Bowl. So, A, how well does he really know Bill Belichick and how things go up there? And B, what was the uh, sharpness of the axe he was trying to grind, if, if any, on Tomlin?
0: Oh uh, all uh, salient points I think yeah. that there's no question that he definitely was trying to accomplish something. I don't think he was just oh I never yeah well yeah. now that you now, now that you, you mention
4: it, it yeah uh, you know maybe Tom Brady is just anal and he doesn't like being late to things. Uh I don't know. I, I mean
3: in the in the do your job thing about Bill Belichick they have a a storied uh, history and past of Belichick undressing Brady in front of the team, calling him an idiot. Like, he basically, maybe it's a behind, like a hook and sugar behind closed doors. Hey, I have to do this so everybody knows that there's no preferential treatment. Yeah, no, thing.
4: he's won Belichick has won more than anybody else, so he's the best. Uh, his method is not infallible. Uh, he's also lost three Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. He was yeah. also the favorite in every one of those Super Bowls. Was he really? Were they Absolutely. the favorites against, against St. Was, Louis? G- no, they lost that one. They, no, they no, they won the, that. They one. were the dog. Yeah, the ones he's lost. I'm talking. Oh, about. Oh, okay, okay. In three yeah. games he's lost. Two to the Giants. Yep. And one of those Giants teams wasn't <laughs> that good, uh, and he was the favorite over Philly last year. Yep. So he's you know Mike Tomlin, the biggest one of the big criticisms of him locally is that he doesn't beat the teams he's supposed to beat. Well, when you're the favorite, you, you lose three Super Bowls as a favorite, where's the accountability there? How good was their defense? You know, everybody knows what they're doing. They, they got shredded by Philadelphia. Um, Yeah, Belichick's a better coach than Tomlin. Uh, does what Tomlin does, uh, does his method work? Well, I think he's got a pretty good track record too, right? He's never had a losing season. He, he is in the playoffs. He's won the Super Bowl. He's competed last year against Jacksonville. They had uh, a horrible game at the wrong time. Uh, some of that was attributable to Ryan Shazier's absence, but uh, it's funny. I, one of the things I wanted to do for training camp before training camp this was go back and look at that Jacksonville game, and they had uh, countless mistakes on defense. They had... Uh, Situations where the guys were not on the same page where mm-hmm. receivers were left wide open or it looked like half the defense was playing one thing and half was playing the other. uh what did we hear right at the start of the off season this year from Joe Hayden and other people? communication got get gotta get the communication figured mm-hmm. out. We have to communicate better. They went out and got guys who have a history of being good communicators. Uh, they don't think it's a it's a physical thing. They think it's a not being on the same page thing. When you hear that miscommunication, which gets thrown around all the time in the NFL now, that's player speak or coach speak for somebody completely blew their assignment. If not more than one person, and that's the stuff that gets you beat, and uh, that's the stuff they got to fix, and that's the stuff they've been trying to fix. Is that because their guys don't run to meetings? They got to have more meetings. I, think. I don't know. Uh, they got to solve that problem. But I, I think this too If uh, if Mike Tomlin got fired today He'd be hired tomorrow Well
0: I always said When people compared the two of them He's never going to beat Belichick I'd always say well who, who is Yeah Guy's
4: very good 31 other teams Guy's the best in the business right now Who has
0: now. the best shot of beating What he's been able to build in New England I mean Mike Tomlin's got to be One of the three guys you have in that conversation
4: Right no question. In terms of winning a game against the Patriots? Uh, yes, the, the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. Put I would... Harbaugh in that
3: conversation. See,
4: I think I, I think that's a big stealer problem is they can't beat New England when it matters. Well, but... this
3: is why the fans are upset, Mike, because they feel like the talent level on this team, if this team was as disciplined as the Patriots yeah. team, they could beat the Patriots easily.
4: And I could argue that... Uh when you pull a guy such as a Sean Spence who was on his couch in early December uh, and he's in your starting lineup in early January that's a problem and the, the Steel- Patriots traded away their best linebacker the Steelers roster is top heavy they've got yeah bell brown ben you got you got some some of the guys that are the best or among the best in the league at their positions but you also had Sean Spence starting for you last year. Not to put it all on Sean Spence, right. but you know, how good is Artie Burns? Do we know? How good is Sean Davis? These guys start. They they play critical roles. I mean, I would
0: definitely like to see Tomlin handle the Bells and Browns more like Belichick would. Yeah. Well, I would love to see how Bill Belichick handled Levy on Bell.
4: Well, how would how would you handle that differently, for example?
0: Um one way was uh, would be I would try to encourage him to understand how his actions affect the other players, and yeah. maybe he should show up for the walkthrough before a big playoff game, and maybe he should show up a little earlier than an hour before that game starts, and despite the fact that he had hundred whatever twenty yards yeah. uh, in, in offense and two touchdowns that game. And didn't Belichick bench Butler in the <laughs> Super Bowl? Yeah, how'd that work
6: out?
4: Not great, but... Got shredded. You know, and Tom Brady for he's handled like everybody else up there, right? Except he's got his own trainer, and he's trying to drag other people to go see his medical guru mm-hmm. instead of the team people, and that's a big issue up there. And they're all world tight end. Rob Gronkowski is probably the best in the game at his position. Wants more money, and they don't know if they. You hear a lot of stories, but they're going to trade him. And Butler got benched. It's it, Brady had Grappolo traded out of town. You oh, know, yeah. I don't know everything about New England because I'm not. You know immersed in that situation but probably the way it is here is not unlike the way it is a lot of places they just win more well you know what they said the grass is always whiter i mean it's always greener so you never know (laughs) it was interesting stuff though the harrison stuff very interesting good for fox i mean that's uh i'm amazed they got him to talk was it a friday that he talked (laughs) (laughs) that's not a day he likes to talk mike no that used to be his only day it was a
0: Thursday. Well, I guess when you're not yeah. playing, nothing to talk about.
4: Yeah, you know, should they have a tighter ship? I don't know. Um, what would be the effect on Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell if, if you clamped down on those guys? Do you lose them as all pros? Does does making the other people fall in line, is that residual effect that you referenced? That, that might be a very real thing, that a young guy will not be as on the details as he should be because the all pro isn't. Right. Except the young guy ain't an all pro and he needs to be.
0: Mike Persuda, salient points about the
4: James Harrison, I don't have a conclusion. Tomlin, Belichick dynamic, but uh, they they were doing pretty well here. They had a Super Bowl caliber team that won one and got to one, and then it got old, and, and massive changes had to be made. And there was a, a a regression, and then they up until last year they were improving every year and getting further in the postseason. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they went up to New England thinking they were going to win because Le'Veon Bell was going to be the difference. He got hurt and was out. They lost. Uh, prior to this year, they lost to the Super Bowl champ two years in a row. But the Jacksonville thing, uh, a lot of people got to take a hard look at that. I assume that's already happened in the offseason. But uh, that was a game that uh, they certainly helped themselves lose. I don't, don't want to take all the credit away from Jacksonville and say – the Jags didn't win it, the Steelers lost it, but the Steelers were not what they needed to be. And a, I don't
0: think Tomlin did everything he needed to do to no. win in the second half of that game. Right he up, totally screwed it up.
4: Right up to the end, when when they're trying to score a stupid touchdown at the buzzer, when they should have kicked a field goal from the 30-yard mm-hmm, line, Right, it, it, it's, a, it's a Hail Mary at that point, but you try every avenue, right. right? And then AB's catching a pass and not running out of bounds, and yeah. just... Uh, they were playing out the string at the end of a playoff game. That uh, that was as t- distasteful to me as any of the physical mistakes they made. Red Hot Pittsburgh Pirate Corey
0: Dickerson joining us here on the DB Morning Show 940. It's the DB Morning Show. Randy Bauman, Val Porter, Bill Crawford. Do you guys remember when you first went to college and uh, d- did you know who your roommate was going to be, Val?
5: Um, well, I lived off campus. And okay. My friend be my roommate. Oh, they let you live off? Okay. Yeah.
0: And I lived at home for the first couple of years, so my roommate was still, still my brother. <laughs> so, those of us who've had to go and you live with a strange person or you try to, mm-hmm. you know figure out I had mutual friends who knew somebody who was going to school with me. Cause I started at IUP before I transferred to Penn state. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my buddies were like, Hey, our friend Toby's going there. You should, he's cool. You should live with him. So that's what but, I did.
3: But don't you fill out like a, like an online dating style profile.
0: You can do all of that and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they will place you with people. Sometimes you can request to have somebody at Georgia uh, Southern university. There's uh, been a bit of a controversy. A screenshot has emerged of a text message sent by a white student at Georgia Southern University to her black roommate. Now, this is going to be one of those rooms where there's like three people or four people. The white student, Courtney Schaefer, and her roommate texted introductory hellos. And they all, they each laughed about the fact they accidentally called the other. Uh, One of the screenshot shows They were kind of like friendly In their first exchange And not long after that Schaefer sent a text message About her roommate's Instagram account Which was not meant For the black roommate Who she had not met In person yet It was meant for The other roommate Oh no Who was not black Oh no So she sent this text message Accidentally To the black roommate That said uh, Upon gazing at her Instagram account her Insta looks pretty normal, not too n-word-ish. Now uh... she immediately realized she texted the wrong person. Mm. Probably because she got a text back going, "Huh?" But excuse she me, she apologized, saying, "OMG, I meant to write the word trigger-ish." But the phone, what? The phone auto-corrected to N-word-ish. Damn racist fun.
5: <laughs> it's not her. Th- what? I mean, that's a lame <laughs> she got a. She got cover. The, the
0: racist iPhone. That's Siri. Siri's a bigot. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say trigger-ish, meaning like you that's... seemed really cool.
5: like she Nothing doesn't...
0: that triggered a red flag. I'm so embarrassed. I apologize. Screenshots of the text we're shared by let me just see
3: if I can type that in if it auto corrects (laughs) it at all type in triggerish
0: and tell me what happens Uh, Deja Morrison says she knows the victim and they went viral with these text message screenshots oh man
3: no it, it auto corrects to triggering really now let's try the other way
0: Oh, my lord. Her installation no,
3: Oh it auto-corrects to Nigerian.
0: It, it says, OMG, I am so sorry. Holy crap. Damn spell check. I did not mean to say that. I was texting Hannah. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> I was texting Hannah, and I meant to say triggerish, meaning you seemed really cool. Nothing but trigger and a red flag. Anyways, can't wait to uh, meet yeah. you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Anyways, we're going to have the best time. Meaning you don't have as many guns in your Instagram right. as I thought you would.
0: <laughs> I thought there would be so many more. Just Not that you're in a gang. And, I didn't no. mean that. No, I want to <laughs> amend that as well. You didn't appear to have a lot of babies out of wedlock. I don't know. Um, oh, my God. You probably know your dad. And apparently, they're, they are athletes. So, the athletic director of Georgia Southern was first made aware of the comment via email. Uh, in turn, the athletic director notified officials at the school on Friday morning... GSU interim president Shelley nickel released a statement the university shares the hurt our community has expressed following the use of the racial slur exhibited in a screenshot shared on social media. The use of such racist comments is offensive and unacceptable and in no way reflects the attitudes or values of Georgia Southern, Uni- Georgia Southern University. To be clear, there's no place for bigotry, racism, etc., etc. et cetera. No mention made of whether or not Schaefer would be facing disciplinary action. Here's the thing. I don't think she should face disciplinary. They should just not live together. And maybe that girl should be like, hey, uh, we're going to need you to sit in a couple seminars and maybe learn how using that word, because clearly she meant to use it. Yes. There's no question. you got to go out of your way to use that word. It's not like any other word. Uh, Triggerish was probably as good as she was going to get. I don't know what else she could have... Vigorous? I mean, she doesn't seem to be welching on any of the interest on her bets.
3: I mean, all joking aside, though, that really sucks for that girl. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, it sucks that she's, like, you know, pumped to go to college and then gets that, and, th- and that kind of thing makes you feel like okay, you know, because every black, all my black friends say the same thing. We secretly think every white person is racist. So prove us wrong. So whenever they see something like this, they're like, "See, I knew it." Damn it! Why did I pick this school?
0: Hannah. Her name is N W A M A K A Nuamaka. That's her roommate's name. Um, I don't think "triggerish" was the word she was trying to come up with there. Her instant looks pretty normal. Not. (laughs) Come on. Sorry about the up yours. Oh boy, just awkward. Just
3: not a great way to start college.
0: I wonder if they're teammates. If the athletic director was involved, there it didn't really make it clear in this. uh, Yeah, that would make sense but oh boy oh boy oops I recently had a thing where I was texting somebody not the n-word stuff but it was somebody I had their name labeled wrong so I thought it was coming from another person and it wasn't like the person I had the phone number labeled as so I was texting messaging back and forth with this person and I'm like wait a minute this is totally not the person I think it is. It's somebody else related to this person. And then I got terrified for a moment. I'm like, oh, my God. This is Greg-ish. Why is he? Re- <laughs> Why is he responding like Greg would? Exactly. This is supposed to be Mark. This doesn't seem like Mark. And then I got ter- terrified that I might have said something about the other Talking person. Talking trash like, on Greg. Well, at least we didn't. Yeah. At least we don't hey, have to man. hang out with Mark. This is me. This is Mark. Don't. Ah. So, at, at any rate, um, triggerish, which is not a word, <laughs> wasn't a good enough excuse. I don't think there was one she would have come up with that would have been acceptable.
3: Oof. That is brutal.
0: <laughs> have you ever sent a text message to somebody that you you meant to send to someone else though, and you're of like, course. "Oh, I'm sorry, not for you." Who hasn't? There's that terrifying moment when you send it. Oh,
3: yeah. It. You know what? I sent one to uh, my buddy Jerry Wilson with a bunch of kissy faces because I thought I was trying to send it to Serena. Like, see you later, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't be sending me that kind of stuff. <laughs> Val's got news next. What do you got?
5: Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, top favorite villains in movies all
0: right good deal cory dickerson from the buckos red hot four uh home runs four games he uh, joins us nine forty-five this morning on dve uh sean collier here from pittsburgh magazine some mm-hmm. movies out this weekend it's a sequel weekend mama mia here we go again hitting theaters today
3: is that the full title
0: yes uh, apparently, is this White Snake instead of Abba. Apparently, beating out other suggestions, including "Mamma Mia." Yes, Abba had other songs. "Mamma Mia," "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme More Money, Please," and of course, "To Mama, To Mia." Here's <laughs> here's the thing that confused me about doing
2: a sequel.
3: To Mama, To Mia. Yeah, is Yeah, I
0: think that would have worked. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. That didn't do that good over the weekend, right? What? It came in
3: third. Oh no, like man, made thirty million. Like a, mm. That's pretty good for Two mama to Mia.
0: That's probably right? what they paid share for that movie. Oh, jeez.
5: You okay oh there, Val?
3: Thank God that was face your, right?
5: your
0: tooth.
3: <laughs> What's going on over there? You what chipped you their tooth about? on the mic stand.
0: Somebody did that. I've done it a hundred times. Chipped somebody, your tooth? Somebody, somebody chip it. I've hit it.
3: Smashed their mouth on the mic. Uh-huh. I can't remember who it was. Oh, my God.
0: Not exactly. Was somebody
3: sure. like pulling the mic out of the stand and just smashed themselves on the face with it.
0: I think I did it. That was me. Not no, here. No, it wasn't. No, you. it was in the other studio when I had the boom mic. Remember that thing kept hitting me in the face. Mm. I mean, I remember you throwing it off of a window, <laughs> but
3: <laughs> that was a fun time. <laughs> top top. Five I was in pain. I was. I, I was post-surgical surgery. And you were Uh on the pain meds, so you were incredibly
0: loopy too, weren't you? Yeah, just the whole deal. Uh, I'm on pay beds now. That's no excuse. What do you got, (laughs) Val?
5: Here's a Channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 68 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. A Pittsburgh woman is celebrating a new title. Heather Tomko was crowned Miss Wheelchair USA on Saturday night at an event in Ohio. Tomko also won the Invacare People's Choice Award and Quest for Knowledge Award. Tomko has a BS in mechanical and biomedical engineering from Carl. Carnegie Mellon, and is getting her Master's of Public Health at Pitt. Chicago is regarded as the rat capital of the nation. The apartment search engine rent hop named the Windy City to the top of the list based on the number of rat complaints last year in four major cities. The study showed Chicago had more than 50,000 resident complaints last year. Chicago followed by New York City, Washington, D.C., and Boston. Well, this has probably happened to everyone. You have a friend who is dating someone absolutely awful. So should you say something? A new survey finds men and women answer the question quite differently. 43% of men would tell their friend they're making a mistake versus 35% who would keep their trap shut. Women went the other way. 39% would not say anything. 38% would. So split pretty evenly. The survey also found a big uh, difference by generation. 59% of people under 24 would say something, but only 27% of people over 65 would try to talk their friends out of a battle Over 65,
0: you're like, I'm just glad anybody hangs out with
1: you.
3: <laughs> You got to always think about the proverb from the wedding singer when he's like, "Dude, don't call her names because we're gonna get back together and it's gonna be weird between us." And I All always right. think about that. Like, you if you trash somebody's girl, even if she is a total wreck, yes, yeah, you you can't do that. No, you got to subtly like just lay in the weeds and just wait till he starts talking trash on <laughs> her and join in, but just side support
5: or give it the old. I just don't think she was right for you. Or he was right he, for you. Yeah.
0: I think uh, there's definitely been times back in the day when there's less at stake. When you're young, there's just less at stake. Right. So you're just throwing haymakers at everybody's decision.
3: Oh, I'd be like, dude, she sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, all for sure. What are you doing? For sure. And then as you get older, you're like, eh, the choices are dwindling here. I don't want to be too critical.
1: <laughs>
3: Look, they all suck. So... <laughs> I guess settle
5: for one. In some way. Right. Uh, What do you guys, uh, here's another survey, what do you guys put on your burgers?
0: I mean, ketchup. So much stuff.
5: (laughs) Too much. I do. I like tomatoes, lettuce. Uh, I like to
0: put mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, bacon.
5: That's pretty good. Number one answer is cheese. 80, oh, 82%. Well, cheese is
0: already on it. Yeah. I don't
3: put it on it.
0: No, the, per- the person in the kitchen. I thought you
3: meant me personally. Me
0: too. I thought it was a condiment thing. Cheese not condiment.
5: Yeah, but a lot of burgers, if you get it out, it's got the tomato, mayonnaise, lettuce on it.
3: Oh, I, I always have something on it. I, I'm a big fan of the um, barbecue burger, the, you know, give me some barbecue sauce, some onion strings. The number two cheese. topping, me.
5: lettuce. Yeah. I was, I mean, nice little crunch yeah, in there. I, 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 I like the shredded lettuce on the. Oh yeah, yeah, perfect on the on the burger. After that, it's ketchup, tomatoes, pickles, onions, mustard, bacon, avocado, and fried egg. F- I mean,
3: fried egg is good. Fried egg's uh. pretty good, but it don't just shake your head, Val. Have the you mess. tried it?
5: I've had a fried egg. Yes. No, but on, on a, a burger, burger, I don't want it.
0: What about on a permanis?
5: You don't know. You don't know. Nope. You won't like
0: it. You've never done fried egg on permanies. Nope. Dude, live a little. I don't want to cap an egg. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> because Kill Joe. Get one now. Come on.
5: People in the survey also asked what Fallas. their favorite.
0: <laughs> never mind. <go> ahead. <laughs> I did not want that joke to be misinterpreted. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh,
0: no, no, I waved off the I waved off the catcher on that one.
1: Go ahead.
5: <laughs> ask what their favorite summer foods are. It's all meat. <laughs> Burgers number one, then a hot dogs, steak, barbecue chicken, and ribs. Like, I don't look at ribs as a summer food. You it's don't? It's like an anytime food. I just don't look at ribs that much anymore.
0: It's
3: Although just I messy. Guess yeah.
5: rib fests usually do happen in the summer, though. Awesome. So.
0: Have you had the ribs down at Pork and Beans downtown yet? No. <laughs> oh, haven't. It's ridiculous. So good. Insane. Although there's a million places to get good ribs, but. Dukes is another one I love. I love Duke's ribs. They're good.
5: Is, what's the place out in uh, West Virginia?
0: Everybody uh, goes to in like, Weirton. Weirton DJs. 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 Yeah, what those
5: football are, team gets them when they come to town? Is it a football or a hockey team?
0: I don't know the answer hmm. to that. At DJs, they yeah. Go to I'm, DJs? I'm pretty sure yeah, they have them brought about.
5: to the uh, whether it's hockey. I can't. I'm pretty sure it's a football team.
0: I don't know you think someone maybe with West Virginia ties.
3: Maybe. No question. It's kind of like how when the Green Bay Packers come here, they go to ILOs. Greenfield ties.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Styx denies a claim by former member Dennis DeYoung that promoters are making the band add his 1983 song, Mr. Roboto, to the set. They're not selling tickets because they're not doing Roboto. Uh, the band's manager said, We have not had any promoters suggest that Styx play Mr. Roboto at all, and promoters had nothing to do with the band adding the song to the set. The band did know that some fans did want to hear Roboto, and over the years they've added many songs to the Six Sticks set that had not been played. We're doing it
3: solely to piss off Dennis.
5: In an interview with Dennis DeYoung, he said, quote, I belong in the band because the fans want it, and it should be that way. That's the magic. And people say, come on, we're too old. These guys for 20 years have led a campaign to discredit me personally and professionally, and they've never given up on it. Not even now when they're playing Mr. Roboto now.
0: I mean, they even put Roboto back in the act. Uh, It's time, fellas we got to have a reunion. It just makes good sense.
3: Dude, this is hilarious.
0: I'm telling, They locked him out of the house. Again, he's been kicked out of the band so many times. Remember the time they kicked him out and they couldn't find a replacement? So they're like, just, just call Dennis again. <laughs>
4: but when the band couldn't think of a replacement for Dennis, their resolve crumbled. When push came to shove, everybody else wanted Dennis back. Yes, <laughs> so they
0: hired him back in the band. But I've said it many times on this show, and I'll say it again. Sticks is a band full of people that hate the music of sticks and want to rock out harder and think that if they just get rid of the guy who's writing all the sticks songs, that the crowd that is there to see sticks will really dig the harder rocking stuff and not the not the uh the cheesy you know, AM ballady stuff and the Broadway show tune stuff. That Dennis DeYoung wrote, but the real story is they love that stuff. That's what they're there for. They love and you it. keep kicking the guy out of the band who <laughs> wrote wrote all
5: those songs. Yeah, but they're still touring.
4: That was my first chance to say, okay,
3: I'm gonna direct this band the way I think it should go. And because of the success of Lady, I had that
0: ability. Yeah, Lady. You think you go see Sticks now and they don't play Lady? Wrong. Who sings it, Tommy? No, they got that badass guy from Montreal. I can't remember his name. He's like the lead singer of Sticks now. But obviously, it's time to get Dennis back in the band. He's All his light sensitivity the illness is all cleaned it. up. He he figured out how to deal with the lights, and Roboto's back in the back in the set list. The so, mold. and we can add some some
3: some numbers from the Hunchback of Notre Dame, guys. I I'm all done with and, Hunchback.
0: <laughs> it's time to get the band back together. Come on. Oh isn't God, he, we isn't he doing the Paradise
5: him. Theater at at uh, the Palace Theater in Greensburg October. in October? October seventeenth. TV
0: I think it morning is. show road trip. Yeah, we're going. Uh, You're the, going to that with us. Okay. Don't don't. Oh yeah, and we're gonna have a burger with eggs on it. That's right.
3: We mm-hmm.
5: are not
0: dippy eggs.
3: Uh,
5: you gotta have uh, an egg on
0: it. It's how Rabatta would order it. <laughs>
5: The Hollywood Reporter recently surveyed a 1,000 entertainment industry types to come up with a list of Hollywood's 25 favorite villains. I'm not going to do all 25. Ooh. I'll just do the top 10. Okay, top 10. Anton Chigurh. Oh! Yes. Country for old men. God, he was yes. terrifying.
3: Uh, absolutely. The, to me, that's that's not high enough.
0: Flip a, uh, flip a coin. <laughs> that scene where he flips the coin in the, the first flip a coin scene. Where he, has he does that little
3: Lord Fauntleroy and he has that... Uh, uh, that cow puncher thing? Yes.
5: <sighs> Colonel Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards.
3: For sure. Creepy man. Scary.
5: Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh, boy. definitely Played by Kathy Bates. Uh, Norman Bates.
0: It's been so long since I've seen Psycho. I have to go back and watch that.
5: Miranda Priestley, uh That was Meryl Streep's character in <laughs> The Devil Wears Prada. Come on
0: can't believe how many people like that like so many dudes talk about that movie as being you know something like they watch they watch like it's a like legendary oh, really?
3: stat. yeah it's, for some reason i just thought of like uh death becomes her i i, I missed devil wears prada altogether
5: uh number five is nurse ratchet from one flew over the cuckoo's nest she's so
3: good yeah,
0: she's really good what was that actress's name she won the academy award for that
5: uh i know it i know it
0: Damn it. Damn it. Hmm. If you want, I'll hum Rabato while you're thinking about it. I get a royalty even when I hum. She
5: always plays kind of a weird, <laughs> creepy person. I just remember yeah. she was in the TV movie.
0: What is it, Joe? Do you have it? Louise Fletcher.
5: There you go. She was in the TV movie that Valerie Bertinelli was in, and they sprayed that, like, her brother in law killed her sister. and they sprayed the luminol all over the bedroom and there was just blood everywhere
0: oh really like
5: this Angela Fletcher was the mother and she woke up or Louise Fletcher woke up in the night and it was just the room was glowing it was like one of the creepiest scenes ever
3: that movie that role was iconic I mean people talk like that has become an adjective like oh yeah I had a nurse ratchet in
0: there right?
5: Yeah. the Joker played by Heath Ledger
0: Tremendous. So good.
5: The Wicked Witch of the West yeah. from Wizard yeah. of Oz. Oh, she was
0: pretty good. Scary when you're a kid, it's pretty scary. scary.
5: Yeah. Number two is Hannibal Lecter.
0: Yeah. Gold
3: standard. Yeah.
5: yeah. And for sure. probably no surprise Darth Vader, number one. Oh.
3: I'm kind of surprised Bill the Butcher didn't get in there somewhere.
0: The problem for Darth Vader for me was after I learned that James Earl Jones did the voice, and I was a, Kid and then saw what James Earl Jones looked like and then I was just like, he's got a big gut and he's like yeah. I was I know he wasn't in the Darth Vader costume but still,
1: <laughs> right?
0: It's like no I, I couldn't be as scared after I saw who voiced it.
3: I never knew that that was him as a kid. Never found that out.
0: Would it be great if if he had a, a Wookiee too and it was a bad Wookie and there were good Wookies and bad Wookies?
3: Oh yeah. And it had, like, a just-for-men black
0: hair. <laughs> but, I mean, how do you not rookie. have Hans Gruber in there?
3: From Hans is pretty
0: good. He might be in the top 25. Yeah. Nope. Oh! Shut out!
5: That's crazy. Do you that's want me to down the list real quick? Yeah, because
0: some of those villains... Yeah,
3: like, just, I, just, just read them quick.
5: All right. Agent Smith from The Matrix. That's 25. Really good. Wiley Coyote.
3: <laughs> oh, man. Come on. That's a stretch.
5: Scar from The Lion King. Tony Montana, Scarface, Ooh, the yeah. shark from Jaws, Terminator,
3: the shark from Jaws. Alex a good villain.
5: Delarge from uh, Clockwork Orange. To- oh, yeah. Tommy DeVito played by Joe Pesci, Goodfellas. Oh, number yeah. eighteen, Michael Corleone, seventeen. Hal nine thousand from two thousand and one, A computer. Space Auditing, yeah. Odyssey. It's so
3: funny because I don't think about Joe Pesci and and Michael Corleone is that character as, as villains. Villains, yeah. They were the heroes t- <laughs> Anti-heroes. to me in that
5: movie. <laughs> Lord Voldemort from the Harry Potter franchise. Alex Forrest from Fatal Attraction.
0: Oh, yeah, Glenn Close is sure. yeah. super spooky in that one.
5: Jack Torrance, The Shining. Yeah. Uh, Betty Davis' character, Baby Jane Hudson from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane.
3: Never saw it, but Oh, yeah. my God, yeah, that, that movie oh, is Oh, no, terrifying. Hans Gruber
5: is number 11.
0: There you go, buddy. There he is. Just yeah. outside the top 10.
5: There
0: you go. Okay, I was about to say. I was, or Bill was triggered. I was
5: <laughs> warm that was and humidish for me. Uh, showers and thunderstorms possible today. Temperatures in the mid 80s. It's 70 at DV. The shark
0: from Jaws, you know, it's Shark Week. It is. It is Shark Week, yes. and they give you uh, a list here. Some really, uh, is really this a good programming. Game? No, oh. CNN <laughs> has put together the uh, hey, if you get attacked by a shark when you're out there, here's what you do. And everyone knows the one. Uh, standard defense mechanism against a shark Pokemon punch in it in the eye. face punch it in the nose oh. that's right <laughs> Did you say poke them in the eye yeah. poke them in
3: their dead eyes
0: there's three things you need to do the first if you see it coming act big I was like that I was thinking like oh so like Jack more like Jack Black uh, if Start you decide doing Dane Cook's act underwater, <laughs> if they decide you're bigger than them, they'll usually swim off. So like with black bears and other animals, just try to fool them into thinking you're bigger than they are. I I mean, it is got to be nerve wracking as you're about to be attacked by a bear. If you try to figure out, is it a black bear? Is it a brown bear? Am I supposed to play dead? Or am I supposed to act yeah. big? That's when you need an acting coach. I can't,
5: I can't racially profile when I'm <laughs> scared. Bears are dead, right?
0: Well, not brown bear or black bears. Black bears, you're supposed to go, ah, make noise and get oh, big. okay. The other ones, you're Grizzly. supposed to just go down dead.
5: Because then they bury you and come back and eat you later.
0: Right. So then you let it bury you. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that's
5: why? <laughs> look on your face, bill. <laughs> Oh my God, that's why? Yeah, they'll eat you then, they come back later. Yeah. I if, could be totally making that up. If a shark does
0: attack, you fight back. You, you you, you can't play dead. You can't play dead with a shark because they'll just keep chomping. Right. So you got to fight back. Val, you weren't wrong. Three key spots to target: their eyes, their nose, and their gills. Now, if you have something like a boogie board, they say you can use that instead of your fists. But I don't know.
5: It's hard to punch in oh, the water.
0: Man. Yeah. Yeah. No momentum.
3: Slow motion punch.
0: Super tough. Uh, once it leaves, get to shore, they say. Duh. All the splashing <laughs> Try around. to get to shore. Maybe he'll come back. And any blood in the water could attract more sharks, so get to shore yeah, as no fast kidding. as you can.
3: And you'll probably get there a little bit quicker because you won't have uh, legs
0: anymore. <laughs> That's a good point. you so Less weight. I'll tell you, my favorite show every year <laughs> during Shark Week. It's the greatest. Oh. Uh, Shark Week continues on the Discovery Channel with the two craziest shark divers you've ever met, Pete McCormick and Paul Rowland.
3: Look at that hammerhead! What a thing of
1: beauty! Would you look at the tail on that thing?
0: <sighs> my god! They just don't swim with the sharks.
1: I don't know about you, but my wetsuit just got a lot tighter.
0: They tried to f***
1: them. Oh man, a nurse shark! I mean, look at the, look at the fins on that thing, dude. Oh, I am so gonna f- that shark. Do it, man. F- that shark. Shark.
0: It's all a part of Shark Week. Only on Discovery.
3: <laughs> it's clearly.
0: I mean, it's. Oh. Uh, I mean, get, the, get the kids together and uh, and watch yeah. that one.
3: I think that comes on after the uh, the Safe
0: Harbor hours. <laughs> He's a that's a late night. Late night shark week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are crazy. They just are. Mike persuda has got your sports next. we got Corey Dickerson of the Pirates joining us at 9.45 here on
1: DVE Sports.
0: Mike Persuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. By the way, we got Corey Dickerson coming up at uh, 9.45 here on the DVE Morning Show. The man of the hour. Did oh, he have a weekend, huh?
4: Sports this hour brought to you by Barstool Sports. Rough and Rowdy Brawl, August the 5th. The Pirates uh, picked up Play after the All-Star break by picking up where they left off before the All-Star break. Yesterday's 9-2 win in Cincinnati made it a clean sweep of the Reds over the weekend. Now it's on to Cleveland. Uh, The Pirates have won nine in a row. That uh, ties for the longest winning streak in the National League this season. And it's the Buccos' first nine-game winning streak since June 20th through the 30th on two thousand. And 13, they're over five hundred again for the first time since June the 6th when they were 31 and 30. They have won 11 of their last 12 and 15 of their last 23. Now they get the Indians who lead the American League Central Division at 54 and 44. The Pirates are 51 and 49 and third in the NL Central. Eight games behind the Cubs, four and a half behind second place. Milwaukee, the uh, more significant race is for one of the two wild-card spots in the National League. The Bucks currently trail the Braves, who are in possession of that second wild-card by just four games. And there are only two teams between the Bucks and the Braves. That would be Arizona and Colorado. So it's uh, looking a lot better this week than it did two weeks ago. A nine-game winning streak will do that for you. We'll see if uh, Trevor Williams can... Keep things rolling tonight against the Tribe. He's coming off five scoreless innings in a 2-0 win over Washington on July the 11th. But uh, in his last uh, 10 starts, Williams is only 2-5 and five with a 6.26 ERA. He has been wobbly after a pretty good start. Maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, our guest today from the Post-Gazette, Stephen Nesbitt, said that, uh, you know, if you're serious, maybe adding a starting pitcher wouldn't be a bad idea. And it wouldn't. It never is. But uh, man, where the Pirates rolling in Cincinnati, uh, Corey Dickerson, homering for the fourth straight game yesterday. He's got five home runs in that four-game span, and uh, the offense uh, has just exploded, particularly since Dickerson was elevated up to the leadoff spot. He's got that great two-strike approach where he chokes up and finds ways mm-hmm. to get on. They outscored the Reds 27-5 to in three games. And in this nine-game winning streak, they have outscored opponents 57-20. to Dang, it's remarkable. You know, sometimes the hitting carries you. Sometimes great starting pitching carries you. They've gotten everything firing. Uh, they're, they're scoring runs. The starters are doing well. The bullpen unscored upon in Cincinnati, and all of a sudden, where are the dumb base running plays and the errors and all? <laughs> it's amazing how everything kind of falls into place when you when you get the pitching. Good baseball is contagious, and you hit the ball over the fence. That so uh, was bad baseball. Yeah. It's amazing how that works out. Nine home runs in Cincinnati, including four yesterday for the Pirates. And uh, that bullpen, uh, eight and two-thirds innings on the weekend in Cincy. Six hits, no runs, no walks. No walks. That's uh, Rodriguez, Feliz, and Brawl on Friday. Santana, Crick, and Vasquez on Saturday. And then Feliz and Glass now yesterday. Got some live arms, and uh, when they have command, they are effective. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to hear Corey
0: Dickerson's, Corey Dickerson's perspective on all of this. You know, he's been on teams before, where, you know, namely the Rays, where they weren't exactly the Yankees when it came to payroll. Yeah. And then the decisions that have to be made so as a So he should feel right at home then. Yeah. He's, probably he's probably like, well, hopefully they'll deal yeah. me to a team that has some cash. Yeah. What's
4: everybody talking about? <laughs> is, isn't this the way it is everywhere? Uh yeah. General Manager Neil Huntington had some things to say yesterday about the recent surge. Uh, Said Huntington, quote, we would, this was on his radio show yesterday, quote, we would love to add, if there's something out there that makes sense and makes us better, we're absolutely open to that.
0: (laughs) That's, I mean. Now, is that 180 degrees from 4 and 4 ain't going to cut it? Not really. It's not. That that sounds like
3: something I'll say to a friend when I don't want to go out, but I don't want to turn them down outright. Like, no, I'm open to something. Yeah, I mean, if something incredible... Give me a call. Sure. sure. Not
4: exactly, damn it, we're going to go get Archer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bill's analogy would be like, uh, you know, hey, do you want to just go out and we're going to have some beers on the south side? No. Dave Chappelle's going to go with us. Okay, I'm in.
3: Well, yeah.
0: Right. That sounds like something I could get into. So short of something falling in their lap that is, uh, you know, offer you can't refuse type stuff, I don't think there's going to be any big splashes made, maybe yeah. a couple of ripples to make it look like they're trying to do something while dealing someone at the same time, much like Steve Nesbitt said last hour.
4: Here's something they won't do that if I was them, I would probably do. And that's, uh, he talked about, he talked about, uh, Steve Nesbitt, about the cost, you know, the better the player, the more quality prospects you're going to have to give up and that kind of thing. Lance Lynn is pitching for the Twins and he's having a really erratic year. When he's been good, he's been real good. When he's been bad, he's been awful. Uh, he left St. Louis last year, thought he was going to get a big contract, ended up getting a one-year deal in Minnesota for about $12 million. Uh, the Twins are in the tank. They just got swept by Kansas City. They're probably going to sell. Reclamation project? Well, I'm, if you're thinking along those lines, this is a guy that would not cost you very much, I don't think, in terms of prospects, but he's making $12 million, so you still got to pay him six. million. Yeah, Maybe four Maybe and a four half. Maybe or three. Maybe we'll the, pick up some. Yeah, you know, whatever the uh, rate would be for the percentage of season he's going to be with you. He would be expensive in dollars. He would not be expensive, I wouldn't think, in assets. And he's a guy who's pitched in the division and had great success with St. Louis. And he's not been... as uh, looked like a guy who can't do it this year. He's looked like a guy... Why the hell isn't he doing it with regularity? But he's a veteran guy who's been through pennant races and all that. If you want to spend the money, just just throwing that well, out. Like there. you
0: said, it's never a bad idea to fortify your starting rotation. Better but right arm, now, yeah. they're
4: really sort of on a thin. Yeah. I mean, ice. It's, they have five right now, right? Um, and they're. I don't know that you can say with any sense of uh, security that all five of those guys are going to a stay healthy and b stay effective. And the one guy you would rely on is hurt and cool, right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't think you're going to see him anymore. Yeah. Yeah, just a little food for thought. Good thought. Good food. British Open uh, was won yesterday by Francesco <laughs> Molinari. But, uh, hey, happy Molinari. <laughs> it,
6: happy golf tournament.
4: There's a new favorite uh, golfer out there at least if uh, you're like me and you respect uh, honesty and uh, guys who know how to deal with adversity. That would be Eddie Pepperell of England who thought he played himself out of the tournament on Saturday I and mean, then he did what you do when you do that. You he went out and drank. Had to play Had to play again Sunday. He wound up shooting a four under 67. He wound up tied for six with uh, Tiger Woods and Kevin Chappelle. Play guilty. But uh, that four under, the best round anybody had yesterday. Afterward, Eddie Pepperell said, quote, I was a little hungover, I won't lie. Turns out, I'm pretty
3: good when I'm still a little drunk.
0: I should have had you do the... Top three drunk performances of all time.
4: Uh, probably Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle, and Mickey Mantle. Well,
0: Super Bowl one, Yeah, Max McGee Yeah.
4: hung over. That has
0: to be number one. Yeah. What, do you have two touchdowns? I think it was the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> see, he wasn't supposed to play, so he went out and got hammered. Look, McGee, yeah.
4: you're in. That was back when he played a couple receivers, and they didn't have three receiver packages and four receiver packages <laughs> right, and right. red zone guy and a short yardage guy, so possession you're guy. You're our receiver. Yeah. Get out there. So Bart, Mag- Bart, Stor- Bart Starr did get the MVP for that one. Oh, did he? Yeah. Should have given it to Matt. A couple juggling circus catches and touchdowns and just a fantastic – Mickey Mantle's line, I think, if I'm remembering right, used to be uh, when you're hungover and you're seeing three baseballs coming at you, hit the one in the middle. <laughs>
0: Didn't Bobby Lane have something like that? Was that was either
4: him or Joe Pepitone. I think it was Mantle. McGee, seven receptions,
0: 138 yards, two touchdowns, 35-10. Packers win.
4: What a game. Who cued us into that playing guilty thing? Was that Steve McKenna? Steve McKenna. Playing guilty. When a team's slumping, go out and get
0: loaded and go in and play hurt the next then day. Then you have to play well. Then you have to play to well. To justify
4: boozing all night the night before.
3: Right. I'll tell you who could do that: hockey players. Really good because they're in so highly shape. conditioned. Yeah. yeah,
4: they're too health conscious now, though. Hockey players—they get done a hard game and then they get on the exercise bike for twenty minutes. Because they're getting lactic no. acid off. Yeah.
3: I got pretty hammered with a couple of hockey players in Chicago, and was up till the early morning. <laughs> and then the next day, I was so hungover that they were just laughing at me, and they took me to the. Uh, to the club that night because they just wanted to see if I could make it through my set without throwing up. How'd you do? I made it through my set without throwing up. And then? They just laughed at me some more. <laughs>
4: well, you wanted them to laugh. Yeah, if they laughed in the right <laughs> spot. No, no, but not, not,
3: not in the... They weren't laughing at me for that. I fell asleep on this guy's roof and woke up by the sun on a hammock. Just crushed me. Well, wow, Half of like my a, face was... What a great night. It's completely red, yeah.
4: And you'll never forget it. Never forget it. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't in season though was it for them no no
3: but he was saying like when he goes out he he goes he goes all night
0: well the uh the person you're not mentioning was a legendary go all night kind of guy yes when we come back we'll ask Corey dickerson if maybe getting drunk is the answer no i'm kidding (laughs) was it the answer what the hell got into them the Buccos have been on fire ever since Neil Huntington started the Major League Talk. We'll see uh, what has inspired them and what he expects going forward. It'll be good to talk with Corey Dickerson next. DVE. Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show on 2.5 DVE Pittsburgh. Joining us right now from the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's Corey Dickerson. Good morning. How are you, Corey? What's going
6: on, man? Not much. Uh, just got up not too long ago, trying to rest a little bit. Uh, uh, just doing good.
0: Yeah, man, you need to rest. I mean, you lit it up all weekend long. You hit two out yesterday, two first-pitch home runs. That's four games in a row, five home runs. So what was it yesterday? Did you have a book on uh, Di Sclafani yesterday that uh, he's a first-pitch strike kind of guy or something? You jumped on two of them.
6: Uh, no, I I just have lately been having a pretty good plan going into the game. And, you know, I had a completely different approach going into this this season. I didn't want to strike out anymore. Uh, Good approach. So I changed my approach. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked up a little bit, and uh, I didn't know what it would do to my power or whatnot. So uh, lately I've been having a little different approach. And, you know, I was able to react on those first pitches. I was actually looking for different types of pitches, and I was able to just react to those first pitches.
4: Corey, if, if, if you're my age, which is mid-50s, your, your dad probably taught you to choke up with two strikes and just put it in play. Uh, you, you don't see a lot of guys in the major leagues doing that now. Uh, what's been the reaction? Were guys kind of laughing at you until you started hitting three fifty?
6: Yeah, a lot of guys wondering why I was doing it. Um, but a lot of people, I'm kind of old school, a lot of people don't care about striking out. They'd rather just hit home runs, strike out, and... Uh, I'm kind of different. I'll take my chances at first, and then if I get in a hole or in a important situation, I'll choke up and, uh, you know, take what I can get. And now a lot of the guys on the team is doing it.
4: Has that indirectly made you the perfect guy to lead off?
6: Uh, I don't know about that. I just – I've always enjoyed hitting first because I know I get to, you know, get up there more than anyone – and I know I can impact the game in many different ways. And I, so I requested to, you know, he'll lead off. And I was, I was had success at it last year, so uh, I'm kind of used to it.
0: Did Neil Huntington's comments before the All-Star break that they were now dealing with reality and not the optimism of the preseason, um, did that serve to inspire you guys to go on this winning streak? Because you've been on a tear ever since he said that stuff.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny how things work. I mean, you know, I was a job to do, and, um, you know, things at that time, it is what it was. And But I think it made us focus a little bit more. Um, I think we were always focused, but sometimes it takes a little, you got to know where you're at. And uh, our team is really young, and, you know, we were learning. A lot of the guys were learning how to fail, you know, during the season. And, You know, right now, everybody's clicking and having a good time, and it's different from the beginning, because at the beginning we were just winning in different ways, but now we're winning in a dominant way.
0: So you didn't have the uh, atmosphere in the clubhouse like the movie Major League. There was no cardboard cutout of Bob (laughs) Nutting in there or anything like that?
6: No, no. uh, I think we're just having fun. It's it's playing baseball, playing it the right way, um, doing things, the little things right, and we really enjoy you know each other's company in the clubhouse
0: obviously everybody's in a much better mood when you're winning but what is the difference in managing style for clint Hurdle during a win streak like that versus versus when you guys are struggling a little bit earlier in the season
6: to be honest with you in the clubhouse we don't even we don't even think of it as a win streak we come in there and it's one of the most even-keeled clubhouses i've ever been in and Even through the losing streak, it's the same. I mean, it was, you come in, everybody is very professional, gets their work in. And what's great about Quinn is he keeps things consistent. And when you keep things consistent, uh, you're able to perform and, you know, you know where you're going to be hitting, you know your routine. And that's what's, uh, helping the streak right now.
4: Corey, you guys were 16-31 and 31 before this streak. Uh, obviously, it's a better team than that. Uh, I don't expect you to win every game the rest of the year. Uh, what's the potential for this team right now?
6: You know, it's it's really limitless because a lot of people don't understand how hard this game is. Uh, it's a game of failure. And what people don't realize also is this, this is a young team, and, you know, we had to learn how to lose. You know, you learn how to win, but then – you learn from your failures so a lot of the guys that are younger that were when we were losing you know we didn't know how to get out of it and you know a lot of the guys kept leaning on the younger guys we kept you know preaching staying pat and you know we came out of it and so it's really limitless i think we can we learn from our failures and we continue to grow and uh, i think we got a really good team
0: uh, Corey, did, did you see the video of the Cubs fan yesterday who snagged the ball from the kid?
6: Yeah, I actually saw that,
0: yeah. So you're you're out there in left field. You can hear the fans a lot of times and stuff. I'm sure you have interactions uh with, with uh, some of the younger players and they want a ball from you know, after you guys are thrown around in between innings. Do you have like a protocol or is there a a, a method you use to make sure that kids don't get horn swoggled by some uh, greedy old dude?
6: For sure, I always always look for the vulnerable, the the small kids that, you know, either I try to get pretty close and toss it to them. Um, you know, in left field, you get pretty you – you get heckled all the time. So, you try to avoid avoid the people that are heckling you. But uh, usually – No the ball the game, for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, usually at the end of the game, I always always – do something cool and pick out a kid, and I usually hand deliver the ball to him. Uh, Kind of a special moment for a kid to, you know, come to a big league baseball game and get a ball handed to him. So every game, usually I pick out a kid and try to run it up to him.
3: Now, if the kid drops the ball, do you go and get it and get it back and say, listen, kid, if you can't catch it, I mean, I'm basically (laughs) handing it to you.
6: Yeah, I might give him one shot, and then I'm I'm throwing the ball up in the air. (laughs) Anybody can catch it.
0: Buccos are in Cleveland, and uh, uh, good luck to you there and uh, continued success. Corey Dickerson, pleasure talking with you this morning, man. Thanks so much, and uh, keep killing it, man. You're on a roll right now. Congrats.
6: Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. All right, man.
0: Thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. No problem. That's Corey Dickerson of the uh, Pirates. Mackenzie Corey Dickerson, Pittsburgh Pirates.
4: Five home runs in four games. I I
3: love that guy's play.
4: One on Friday, two on Saturday, another one yesterday. 11 on the year, but that... The, that two strike approach fascinates me because that, that's the way I learned how to play, and I thought that stuff was yeah gone.
0: That was a famous joke in my family. My little brother, when he was like
4: playing Pee Wee, my dad was like, "Now choke up," and he would always go. <coughs> <laughs> he chokes way up. I mean, yeah, and uh, you know the results four for five yesterday. He's hitting three sixteen, and I think they're eight and one with him leading off. Good deal. Thanks to
0: uh, Corey for making time for us. Bacos interleague league play against the tribe in Cleveland as their Ohio run continues. That's it for us for today. Special thanks to Corey, thanks to Stephen Nesbitt of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for joining us to talk Buckos. How about the role they've been on, Mikey? Pretty fun to watch right now. Mostly cuz it's making Bob Nutting squirm It it's, makes it harder for him to
4: Well, it became a 2-week deal now, right? Because before the break, you know, they had to do that. Yeah. And, and then and they now, came out of the All-Star break with a sweep. You know, if they <laughs> yeah, lose if right. they lose 6 in a row starting tonight, I think they're probably sellers. So the job's not done yet, but boy, it's been fascinating to watch it unfold. Billy Gardell will be on the show tomorrow.
3: Update on the kid who caught the ball. Apparently that that same kid had already received a ball earlier in the game. So it turns out whenever something, you know, an isolated clip gets released on Twitter and everybody shames the guy... I don't care. We don't have the full story. I don't care if the
0: kid got three balls before. you. don't take a ball from a kid. He didn't actually take it from him. The kid didn't catch the ball. The kid didn't make the play. He's sitting in the front row.
4: Yeah. You guys are hard asses. It's a little kid. Oh, hey, don't get me wrong. I I, I Snag it and give it to you. I caught one a couple years ago. I couldn't give it to the kid in front of me fast enough because I wasn't going to be that guy. Right. (laughs) If you're an adult, you can't catch a foul ball anymore and keep it. No, anymore.
0: Shouldn't have ever been able to do it. Let's just like in the 1920s. Well, you
4: know, when everybody was wearing their suit and their
0: fedora,
3: right. it was every man for
4: himself. There were, just... no, there were no damn kids at the ballpark.
3: Maybe exactly. it's just because I'm a parent now, but all I can think of is you know, you, you bring a kid to a ball game, you get front row seats, you get a ball, then all of a sudden, what? Now he's still a victim? They, they never stop complaining. They
0: just never. They never stop complaining. You're looking at this differently than I would. It's never enough. I it's just hate never Cubs enough fans, and I'm not going to turn down this opportunity <laughs> to hate that guy for what he no, did. No, no.
3: I think we should hate everyone. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your
1: face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
6: For so now, you guys call me Ronald.
1: Would you not eat my pants, Ronald? Ah! <laughs>